Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag3, whoever he is. Get your quad fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this This is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true and international over (laughs) depression. Hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot? I believe in the sand beneath my toes The beach gives a feeling and nothing feeling I believe in the faith that grows Few Americans know what it's like to be the target of a conspiracy theory But since the day nurse Tiffany Dover fainted while getting her COVID vaccine Life has never been the same This is something that's happened to me my whole life I do have episodes where I pass out People thought that I was dead People thought that I was an actress paid to do this That I was paid off by Big Farm my message is simple. It is that I am alive. I'm well. I don't want to hear any more of these lies. Why not come out and dispel these rumors? Initially, that was exactly what I wanted to do. And unfortunately, I was told that that absolutely would not happen. The hospital told you not to speak out. Correct. Yes, it would be irrecoverable damage is what I was told. Even after all of this, there will be people who say, We don't believe you. What then? At this point, you know, I've done what I needed to do. I've put it out there that I'm alive. They have to choose whether they believe that or not. I doubt it. You are fake news. We're not paid actors. It really happened. Very fake news. Fed, fed, fed. It's not against the law, whole fuck you. All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations (laughs) to both of you. You're awesome. I, I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live! Fuck it! I'll write it, and we'll do it live! Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show, frankly. The very best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. I'm told this is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Number one rule of classified information, always store it next to your classic Corvette, securely in the garage. In the garage, yeah. Padlock combination, or I guess, are those count as padlocks? But, you know, that's kind of where you have the little (laughs) combo that you flip through is one, one, one. That's how Joe Biden does it, I think. (laughs) One, two, maybe one, two, three. I don't know. Yeah. But anywhere else other than next to your classic Corvette, that is a national security risk. Hide your Discord servers, boys. Biden and his Fed army are coming for them. But also, in fairness, if you are going to leak and or distribute classified information, Discord, maybe not the best venue for it either. Uh, We will discuss the raid on the 21-year-old National Guard airman who apparently did uh, all that and, uh, and, and all the questions that remain as well. And frankly, this is a story I just don't know who to believe. So we'll try to sort out who's worthy of your trust and who isn't plus there's an arrest in the uh the san francisco street murder of tech executive bob lee and what was originally thought to be a possible hobo killing as in a random event uh turns out to be a lot more personal really bizarre story involving some other executive's sister it sounds like he banged the wrong person 
Ah. But unconfirmed. Well, see, I thought it was going to be a secret. Uh, I thought it was going to be something like that, but of a different orientation in San Francisco. <laughs> Apparently <No>. not. <laughs> I, all right. I, I did wonder why was he not that it's his fault. Don't get me wrong. But whenever someone is murdered at, at that hour, like two thirty in the morning, you have to Drug wonder related. Yeah. what is going on. <clears throat> so some some uh, some oddities afoot, apparently. Speaking of oddities afoot, Tiffany Dover, the fainting nurse who many speculated died herself, but from taking the shot, getting stabbed in a different way. She has emerged strangely after two years of silence to say, see, I told you I'm not dead, except for, I mean, everyone else told you I'm not dead. Well, I hid not being dead. This um, this is a new TV interview and a corresponding podcast episode from NBC. I, I guess I will take her at her word that she's not dead. Uh, some people have disputes about her appearance and all that. But um, but even if I take her at her word, there are still a lot of questions about why she didn't speak then and is speaking now that neither the TV interview or the podcast that I spent 50 minutes listening to today don't actually answer. Yeah. So we'll go through that. Um, 50 minutes. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, well, it, I, I did learn a lot about Tiffany Dover, but I did not learn why I, I didn't learn conclusively why she's speaking now. But now that, I shouldn't say she has an explanation for that. The explanation for that conflicts with the hospital. Someone has to be lying mm-hmm. and there's not a conclusive demonstration of who's lying. And I would like to know who is fibbing. Plus, we have hoax, hate, surprise, cringe. And tonight's movie review is the anime classic My Neighbor Totoro. My apologies for previously pronouncing it Totoro. It is Totoro. Oh, really? I've been saying that incorrectly all week. Yeah, uh, but it is Totoro. The giant uh, cat rabbit thing. That is a Totoro. Which uh, this is not just any uh, movie review this evening. This is our 100th movie review. We've crossed no the century mark. So we'll do a brief data breakdown uh, with the help of some listeners who put together some visual and data demonstrations at the end of the show. So stick around for that. We'll catch up with your super chats in between topics, 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show, because we are no good low down money grabbers. Of course, it will be all this and more on your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember you can find everything show related and support the show for as little as a buck a month over on the website. That is Matt Christensen media. Dot com. We also have show merchandise for sale on the site. Plus, we have offers from friendly listener-owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is a new one. That is our friends at Kineo Mountain Woodsmithing. These are high-quality, handmade, premium hardwood cutting boards. Shark- charcuterie? I already forgot how to... Charcuterie. That is I'm correct. So, did you I'm practice so that in front of the mirror before, before I the did show? the last time, and I already forgot. <laughs> charcuterie. I'm sophisticated. All right. I'm a a man of culture. Charcuterie boards, furniture and more proudly manufactured in Colorado. These are unique pieces that will last a lifetime. And best of all, they are completely customizable. Blake at Kineo Mountain made me a cutting board engraved with my very own YouTube channel logo. And it looks incredible. It's a one of a kind personalized addition to our kitchen. And I have used it, in fact, every day since I got it uh, about a month or so ago. Whether you're looking for home furniture, a great personalized gift for someone special, or a quality piece for your own kitchen, make it fine hardwood craftsmanship from Kineo Mountain Woodsmithing. You can check them out at kineowood.com. That's K-I-N-E-O wood.com. 
And of course, listeners of this show get 10% off all Kineo Mountain woodsmithing products and services by using promo code MATT10 at checkout. That's promo code MATT10 for 10% off everything from our friends at Kineo Mountain Woodsmithing. You can find everything you need from Kineo Mountain Woodsmithing, plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses like Hero Soap Company, Western Razor Company, Sonoran Defense Technologies, and more. That's at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. Deals by listeners for listeners. And you know what else is at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals? My signature soaps from Hero Soap Company. If you've listened the last couple of weeks, you've heard me give my spiel. So I'll spare your ears of that. But uh, a reminder, Timberline, Old West, my signature scents. Timberline, tingle your very own balls with my extra menthol. <laughs> Piney experience, high altitude, frosty tingle. Do they have lady soaps? I don't know that they have women specific, but well, you could. If they want to, if they want to do some lady soaps, I've got some ideas. Okay, well, I can connect you to the to the to the hero people, and uh, we can decide how what's the feminine way to tingle. Wouldn't you like to know? Yeah, uh, but uh, as always, slash deals if you'd like to check out Kenyo Mountain Woodsmithing or my signature soaps, of course. Anyway, let's get uh, right into the news uh we have a lot of updates story updates to get through so we'll do this in somewhat <clears throat> rapid fire fashion but uh a shooting on monday that is already kind of out of the news cycle what appears to be legitimate workplace violence uh he, guy he went postal but at the bank yeah, yeah got fired took uh, his newly purchased ar and shot a bunch of people in the boardroom but really i was just uh, not that that's not news significant it is Given that it's a little bit old in the news cycle, I was curious if there's an update on this police officer who got shot in the face but did not die. Yeah. Looks like he's yeah. still critical. Th- that's the update. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's still critical. But yeah, this guy killed five coworkers and injured eight uh, while live streaming and then police shot him. Um, but yeah, a sixth patient among the nine taken into the hospital care was discharged and then two patients. Uh, one of them was off- Officer Nicholas Wilt, who was shot, and then another person they haven't named are still in the hospital. He's still critical. Um, yeah. And so we're waiting to see if he's going to make it. Uh, another cop was grazed in the shoulder and, and mm. he, um, he's fine. This one buried maybe partially, if not exclusively for what looked to be some associated left-wing politics with this guy. Some of his Reddit Ooh. posts, some, he also posted on Instagram right beforehand. They don't listen to protests. We'll see if they listen to this ambiguous but we know that he had left-wing political posts elsewhere uh yeah the curiosity has all but disappeared i think as a result of that i barely heard about this this week well speaking of you know what you definitely didn't hear of (laughs) the motive in the nashville transgender christian school shooting because that has shifted from probably ideologically motivated related to transgenderism thank you for honoring the seven victims shooter included as the activists would have you do now it is officially moved to motive unknown as the oh, come FBI. on the old Stephen Paddock. eh? Yeah, yeah. the old uh, the old Stephen Paddock strikes again. Motive unknown as the FBI retains possession of the written material, the so-called manifesto in this case. Now, recall the police chief said in press conferences right after the shooting again, this one at the Christian school by the transgender shooter that police believed the trans shooters identity was part of the the motive theory that they were working on as well as the shooter's prior connection to the school. And now that the feds have the evidence, the story has shifted to motive unknown per NBC news. A federal law enforcement source Mm. says no direct motive has been established. This fed source says the motive is 
actually about the shooter's attraction to other mass killers. So this was just generic copycat violence, nothing to do with transgenderism or Christianity. That's at all. funny because a few weeks ago, people were telling us that it was our fault for not being accepting enough of the trans community. And I believe her father was also blamed for not accepting her lifestyle. Right. I did read that story. You know, being an angry tranny is a motive. <laughs> it seems like it might have had something to do with it. Now, Perhaps you might think, well, whether it was copycat violence or maybe transgender ideological motive, can we just see the shooter's writings to verify the claim ourselves? Uh, the release date is also unknown. Officials have yet to say or they've not yet said when they might release the contents of several journals recovered from Hale's family home after the shooting. So motive unknown. Move along. I suppose we we must as the feds command. Um the Bud Light uh, boycott or the reaction to the Dylan Mulvaney quasi endorsement, the commemorative can that Dylan Mulvaney received. First off, I have to acknowledge uh, not that it might not that Bud Light, Bud Light might not recover long term, but I thought this would be absolutely nothing in terms of the reaction. Bud Light has promoted the wage gap with Amy Schumer before. I thought people would be mad on Twitter for five seconds and they'd move on. According to. Many reports. So first of all, Bud Light lost more than five billion dollars in value over the last couple of weeks. It's the, the price of its uh, shares have since recovered a little bit late in the week. But anecdotally, there are reports of absolutely failing Bud Light and other uh, Anheuser-Busch or Budweiser products. Uh, their, their sales absolutely failing at different events and different mm. bars and all these things. So maybe this is a bigger deal than I not. Maybe it appears to have been a bigger deal than I forecasted. People actually do care about this to a, a very large degree, much more than I anticipated. And now Anheuser-Busch. And by the way, I'm not saying they shouldn't have cared about it. I'm saying that usually the outrage just fades. That, that was kind of my prediction. Um, after the silence, uh, their silence since April 1st, uh, or the end of March, start of April, when all of this broke out, Anheuser-Busch, CEO Brendan Whitworth released a statement on Friday afternoon saying the company never intended to be part of a discussion that divides people, which is why they, they chose to enter maybe the most politically hot arena in the country right now. There is uh, no apology in this statement. There's only <clears throat> a pledge to continue to work tirelessly to bring great beer to consumers across the nation. Uh, it's a very it's a politician style statement, right? Many paragraphs that mostly say nothing at all. <laughs> and just in case you needed uh, a little bit of a tinfoil to go with this response. Yes, uh, this CEO guy, uh, Brendan Whitworth, is an ex-CIA operative. He he was a CIA recruiter from 2001 to 2006. So I guess he knows how to smooth over a good crisis. He might be an expert in that. Or maybe not. Doesn't seem like he's doing a great job. <laughs> The Bud Light Twitter account, so not just uh, Anheuser-Busch, but Bud Light specifically responded with a tweet of their own. Again, this their first post on Twitter since April 1st when all of this controversy broke out. They tweeted TGIF with a picture of their can. No Dylan Mulvaney this time. A tweet that is now massively ratioed. And um, of course, Republicans are already working hard to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. <laughs> Instead of claiming their rightfully earned culture war scalp, Republicans are apparently worried that their donations from Anheuser-Busch executives and employees may suffer. Donald Trump Jr. said that uh, we shouldn't be punishing a whole company for their stupidity or for the stupidity of of some marketing person is what he said. 
And Anheuser-Busch executives and employees generally give more to conservative politicians than liberal ones. So by punishing them, we're really punishing ourselves is the logic here. Meanwhile, the uh, Republican Congressional Campaign Committee quietly scrubbed a fundraising page on Saturday that took aim at Anheuser-Busch. This NRCC uh, campaign was offering a custom koozie that says this beer identifies as a water, clearly to poke fun at, uh, at, at Dylan Mulvaney and Bud Light. And that promotional, as well as their tweet about it, were, uh, that's already deleted. It was up for a very short period of time and they scrubbed it. So they don't want your donation. They want Anheuser-Busch executive donations, even if it means betraying everything they claim to stand for. Sounds on brand with the Republican Party. Yeah. And speaking of snatching uh, defeat from the jaws of victory, I I thought for a moment that uh, that Republicans in Tennessee were actually showing some balls and, and kicking unruly Democrats. They uh, weren't out of the state legislature. Speaking of bad takes of mine last week, I guess like the Bud Light thing won't matter. And also uh, good for Tennessee Republicans for actually uh, sticking up for themselves um, or sticking up for the rules of their chamber, no matter what the loud activists say. That turned out to be uh, a show. Not that that's surprising, but I mean, even the Republican response was a show. And it's not that that these two ex- uh, ex- expelled uh, Democrat legislators returning was that much of a surprise because they went back to their districts and the uh, relevant government boards in those districts just reinstated them back to those seats. <clears throat> it's not that that was unexpected. It's it's the lack of fight in the response from Tennessee Republicans or the Republicans in the state legislature. So uh, there was uh, last week we discussed there were some rumors that uh, this that uh, the, the state legislators in in the state house would punish Nashville, Memphis, anybody who's sending these expelled state legislators back to the state house with with maybe uh, redirection of funds or other mechanisms they had at their disposal um, or that maybe they would just expel them again. It's like you want to yeah. reinstate them. We'll vote to expel them again and we'll keep doing it every time you send them here. None of that happened. And now we're just going to carry on. So we started this controversy with disruptive theatrics. We're just going to get even more theatrics. Although this one, I guess is out on the street. So it's less disruptive, at least to the official business of the state house. But Justin Pearson, this is the newly energized Afro guy put on uh, an Oscar worthy show in his response to his reinstatement. Check this out. I believe, I believe in a division of people who've been ostracized coming to the well. Okay. I kind of like him. I don't know what to say here. That is a guy you can trust with power if I've ever seen him. <laughs> Can't I wait. wish anything gave me that much energy. <laughs> I anything. guess. Yeah, maybe I should admire the enthusiasm, even if it's enthusiasm to uh, destroy, <laughs> if not the country, that particular region or state of the country. Now, thankfully, yeah. these Democrats still have effectively no political power in Tennessee, but with Republicans apparently completely willing to hand over... <clears throat> At least some W's to these guys. We'll see how long that lasts. 
the Texas uh, Board of Pardons is apparently working on the Daniel Perry case in an update to what we discussed last week. Yeah. Um, so the Texas Board of Pardons and Paroles has begun the expedited process of investigating uh, Daniel Perry, which, as we talked about, I think last week, he requested, um, Greg Abbott requested to expedite this one, once he was able. So under Texas law, the board needs to first review the case and then make a recommendation to pardon mm-hmm. in order for the governor to grant the pardon. So they're commencing this investigation immediately. Upon completion, they will report to the governor on the investigation, make recommendations to the governor, and then he will immediately um, choose to pardon, as he was already said. And we haven't heard any of these members tip off their inclinations, anything like that? No clues? Okay. Well, the... I would imagine they're going to be sympathetic, but who knows? They are all Republican appointees, if that indicates anything, but uh, we just did speak about, you know. Snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. So let's yeah, see how that plays. Really out. good at that. Yeah, uh, there's there's movement on this um, this so-called abortion pill case that we discussed last week as well. Uh, there, the, last we mentioned the story, there were these conflicting court rulings on the FDA's approval of the so-called abortion pill, mifepristone. Another word I can never pronounce confidently, but I'm going with that. Uh, at is least it the, just mifepristone, or is it mifepristone and misoprostol? Is it both? This particular court issue, I think it's just mifepristone. Oh, that's interesting. But I might be wrong on that. Because you need both Um, drugs to have an abortion. Maybe the approval process on one was different than the other. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, But but of course, one judge said the availability must halt because the FDA FDA did not follow necessary process and approval. Another judge said that the availability must not halt, must not be altered in at least 17 states relevant to that case. Well, on Friday... Samuel Alito at the Supreme Court blocked the ruling that would have halted availability. So nothing will happen now until at least Wednesday. Parties litigating the cases will have to file briefs with the Supreme Court by noon Tuesday. At that point, the Supreme Court will have a decision to make. They could again halt availability or keep availability in place while the case is decided. So if I'm understanding correctly, for now, the Supreme Court is not deciding the core of the issue as to whether the FDA properly approved the drug or not. This is just a decision about what will happen with the availability of the drug while that case is appealed and resolved. Ultimately, that core issue is likely to find its way to the Supreme Court, but uh, that's not happening at the moment, if I'm understanding correctly. Soon enough that we'll probably have uh, another Supreme Court abortion fight to deal with. Really Um, looking forward to it. Yeah. Speaking of things to look forward to, how about Senate Olds Watch? I know. How are these? Every time I hear about them, I'm like, they're still alive. Pressure is uh, now on 89 year old Senator Dianne Feinstein to resign entirely from the Senate. She remains out with shingles. She has agreed to temporarily temporarily remove herself from the Senate Judiciary Committee to assist, uh, which, of course, will assist the process of judicial confirmations. But even Democrats, or at least one predominantly Ro Khan of California, now calling for her full retirement from the Senate before her uh, term actually ends in January 2025. Good God. Uh, But uh, headline Politico, Dianne Feinstein digs in. No, not to her grave, but in refusing to leave power. So look forward to that. Uh, In response, Feinstein issued a statement. Who? What now? And then she slowly (laughs) shuffled away in defiance. Uh, Meanwhile, It was briefly reported that Mitch McConnell was planning to retire 
After his fall weeks ago that left him hospitalized, there were reports that Republican senators were organizing with each other to prepare for an anticipated leadership vote. McConnell's office has denied the claims. They are saying he's coming back tomorrow, as in Monday, and intends to finish his term uh, in 2027 and possibly serve beyond that. Keep in mind, also, Monday is Fetterman Day. He is back at it tomorrow as well after his depression hospital stay. So the Senate will be at the uh, the full force of these hardly walking, hardly coherent people who can't really do anything at all. And of course, none of that matters because as we can clearly see, these are not the people actually pulling the strings and doing the work anyway. They're just the hideously unattractive faces for whom we all vote for some reason. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, I've been very critical and I, I guess I would include you in this, but I don't want to misrepresent your position. I, I've been critical of what I see as Elon Musk's mistakes and missteps in his takeover at, at Twitter. Often to a degree that brings criticism to me, which is fair enough. Uh, I will always aim to offer credit where due though. And I think Elon Musk earned some of that this week in this exchange with BBC reporter, James Clayton, who claimed that Twitter has become more hateful since Elon Musk took over. Clayton said his personal mentions, in fact, uh, have become more hateful. And so Elon Musk said, oh, that's interesting. Can you give me an example? Like what kind of what kind of slurs are people throwing at you, James? And Clayton said, well, I don't know because I don't use the platform anymore. And Elon said, well, how, how do you know if there's way more hate if you don't use the platform anymore? And he says, well, I've seen it in reports, which, of course, contradicts his original claim that he had hate personally directed at him. Uh, just a great moment of um, of of the exposure of a complete hack watching him try to wiggle out of it. Uh, in real time. It would describe a hateful thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, just content that will solicit a, a reaction, something that may include something that is slightly racist or slightly sexist. You've asked me whether my feed, whether it's got less or more. It, I'd say it's got slightly more. That's what I'm asking for examples. Can, right. you, can you name one example? I, I honestly don't use. I, I, honestly, I you don't, can't name I, a single example. I'll tell you why. Because I don't actually use that for you feed anymore. Because I, I just don't particularly like it. But you and said actually, a lot of people. A lot of people are quite similar. I, I, I only. Well, well, I only look well at hang my, on a second. You said you've seen more hateful content, but you can't name a single example. Not even one. I'm not sure I've used that feed for the last three or four weeks. And I. Well, I, then I how did you see the hateful content? content? <laughs> Because I've been I've been using I've been using Twitter since you've taken it over for the last six months. Okay, so then you must have at some point seen the you for you hateful content. I'm asking for one example. Right. And and you I, can't I, give a single I, one. And, and, and I'm saying I've, I, I, then I, I say so that you don't know what you're talking about. Really? Yes, because you can't give a single example of hateful con a content, not even one tweet, and yet you claimed that the hateful content was high. Well, that's a false. No, what I claimed, you just lied. What no no what I claim was. Uh, there are many uh, organizations that say that that kind of information is on the rise. Did he mean to say elicit a response? I guess. That's clearly a retard. That was a train wreck disaster. I'm so uncomfortable. What did he say instead of elicit? I didn't catch <clears> it. <throat> solicit. <clears throat> oh, solicit a response? Well, I guess you could solicit yeah, a response. That's not what he meant, though. It's a little more no um, explicit, I suppose, if you do he that. He was really unprepared. It's like, you're talking to one of the smartest men in the world. You probably should get your ducks in a row. <laughs> so... Interestingly, it was it was the BBC that still put that out, if I'm correct. It's watermarked with BBC. They didn't edit that out. So I guess I have to offer some credit for showing it. 
But of course, in response to this, the BBC is not doing any self-reflection, any introspection. Instead, they are doubling down publishing an article twitter and hate speech what's the evidence no 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 it's not that our reporter james what's his face james clayton it's not that he's wrong and makes stuff up no 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 there's a lot of hate out there and what's the evidence well first of all they reinstated andrew anglin so that counts for a lot and second of all andrew they they cite research from the institute of strategic dialogue which uh, if i understand is nothing but one of those hack research organizations uh, that is funded by very wealthy people with a particular agenda to push. But maybe I'm mischaracterizing that. Uh, they also cite a study from the Center for Countering Digital Hate, which is oh, another one. I of, know this group. These yeah. are is this all Becca like, Lewis's group? Maybe they, I don't, I don't know. But these are all your, your <clears> typical <throat> SPLC style places that are built on the premise of finding online hate. And funny, they always find more and more of it. And guess what? You should give them more money to find more and more of it. It's weird how that works. They found that slurs increased substantially. Now I looked into um, some of the, uh, the, the study work by the countering digital hate, the center for countering digital hate. I, I don't have the citation in front of me, but I saw it earlier. <clears throat> One of their studies showed that Blonde's reinstated account alone is responsible for 36% of Twitter hate in just the last year. And it. <laughs> the other 64% Blonde's mom. So, I mean, the, 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 the evidence was there and James Clayton uh, just left it on the table. Dude, I believe it. I feel bad for these woke boomers. It's, you know, it might be a fate worse than death. Uh, apparently, yeah, I... Uh, yeah, well, I, I'm sure James Clayton <clears throat> will recover. He, uh, I'm sure there are plenty of people who will continue to pay him for uh, this particular brand of journalism. <laughs> a disaster. I, I'm not sure I really understand this story because it's built on the premise that anybody actually thought that Big T Tranny Teacher's tees were in fact real. Yeah. But he was Big T Tranny Teacher was <clears throat> confronted in public. Yeah, but I don't trust. Okay, so so Tucker did a piece on this and then... I don't, I'm not really hearing on the right, except for, you know, on 4chan that, that this is a, a troll. It's clearly a troll. I, I, I can't believe that this is real. So anyway, this, this man, this teacher, we've talked about this so many times, I'm not going to recap any of it, but Kayla Lemieux was approached by a rebel news reporter when he was leaving um, some mall wearing a mask, dressed in dude uniform. Um, and then the, in dude uniform, otherwise yeah. known as regular clothes regular, that he wears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm dressed in dude uniform. <laughs> and so this rebel reporter is like, where are your boobs? I thought your boobs were real. Where are yeah. your boobs? Blah, 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 blah. And then, um, he's trying to get into an Uber and he's like, fuck off. It doesn't say anything. But in a sit down with the post, uh, Lemieux said that he began undergoing hormone replacement ther- therapy in 2021 and was in transition yeah but if you remember correctly the previous claim that he made before that was that he had gigantomastia yeah which is an excess growth of breast tissue although he had never been um uh, diagnosed with that formally yeah so here's Th- this th- has to be a troll it's gotta be i it I don't is know. and i know there's a lot of disagreement in our audience which i fully grant like the troll would be i'm pretending to be trans to expose the absurdity of this and bait the district into firing me so that I can file a human rights lawsuit and cash right. in on the back of all this absurdity. That's the troll. And I know there are a lot of people 
I think rightfully so. I fully understand where you're coming from, who object to that and say, even if you're doing it for insincere reasons, you're still presenting young people with a sexualized presentation. And that's wrong. That's a legitimate argument. Of course, I get that. Yeah. This the premise of this is still based on, hey, you said those teas were real and they're not. Yeah, but everybody knows that it's just a question of why he's doing. That's why I didn't really understand this. But here's the confrontation. inappropriately in front of children. Can you believe it, folks? Like a cornered rat. I wanted to get to the bottom of those boobs, if they were real or fake. We have the answer now, don't we, folks? They are fake. They're as fake as a $3 bill. Dude, Rebel News is really scraping the bottom of the barrel for reporters. I mean, they found the guy. I guess there's uh, there's credit for that. Yeah, but, but it's just, they're just lame. It's a lame news source. I just didn't... I, I want to know what his we're inferring that he's trolling because all the clues suggest that I want yeah. to know what his true motive is. But, yeah, I don't he feel can't like can't talk about it because he's um, he's doing some sort of legal thing. Yeah, I, I, I but in no way do I feel like it's some revelation that those T's are, are in fact an act. So, yeah, I, I know. Yeah, do you think you're breaking news? Anyway, maybe I'm missing something. I feel maybe I'm maybe I'm the idiot. That's quite possible. Good God, this condition is very disgusting. It is real. That's true. I thought he made up the term, but it is real. Huh. All right. Last. Uh, well, no, I, uh, last substantive news story. And then we'll get into the uh, the leak and the raid. But uh, Sam Brinton, uh, known luggage stealer, is apparently well, he for one, he's quasi admitting guilt Two, he's uh, not going to face any jail time for the theft. Yeah, I know. As he pleaded no contest to misdemeanor theft. So he was initially charged with a felony, but his charge re- was reduced to a misdemeanor and he's not going to jail. Um, he got a suspended jail sentence of 180 days. So I think he's just on. Um, oh, my God, my brain probation. <laughs> I almost said prohibition. Yeah. Oh, I'm retarded. That's now. the one. Uh, that's the one. Um, ordered to pay three thousand six hundred and seventy dollars to the victim singular. Right, because this was just one case. One case was Las Vegas. Wasn't there another case? It was a different yeah, this, spot, right? This was not this African chick, right? I don't know. I don't know. think so. I don't no, know no, which one. I think it was one. a different, yeah. A felony cultural appropriation. Felony cultural theft. He'll, they'll get him on that one. That? All right, well, if all our country's uh, problems have you nervous, uh, including the people who formerly served in the president's administration, if all of these Ugh, things don't have make you, me watch this, don't have you nervous? Well, our president was touring I- uh, Ireland this week. Uh, he was drinking Guinness and reminiscing about how he learned about gay marriage as a young man by watching two leprechauns kiss at the end of a rainbow one time. But in his speech... Biden urged our Irish allies to join him in licking the world. There's nothing our nations can't achieve if we do it together. I really mean it. So thank you all. God bless you all. Let's go. Let's go lick the world. Let's get it done. What did he even mean to say? See, I don't know. And I checked the transcript because usually when he has weird sayings, the transcript, they, they cross it out and they fix it. The official White House transcript says, let's go. Let's go la lick the world. Let's get it done. It says lick right there. Now, go now, get the world. Maybe lick. I don't know. People could tell me if this is a real <laughs> go sniff thing. Sniff the world. Well, see, that's the thing. You think it's bad. 
but it is an improvement from the first draft, which let's grab the world. Let's stick our nose deep into the world's unwilling hair and let's sniff as hard as we can while the world looks desperately to get away. That was the original script, which was a little wordy. I think this is a little more to the point. I agree. Yeah, I don't even know what he was trying to say. Yeah, I don't. So if again, second term, second term. The entertainment value is through the roof. It, just like the the last story, if I'm missing something, please, people, let me know, because this is one case where I'm, I'm thinking, is that just actually a, a pretty understandable gaffe? And I've never heard this phrase before or what? But no. Anyway, OK, let's get to the, the big story of the end of the week and end of the weekend, which is um, on Thursday, 21 year old Massachusetts National Guard Airman Jack Teixeira was arrested at his mom's house in North Dighton, Massachusetts. I may be mispronouncing that, but in Massachusetts, uh, FBI agents arrived heavily armed because they had reason. They said they had reason, at least reason to believe that Teixeira owned multiple weapons, but he was arrested without incident. He surrendered. There is some footage of uh, that arrest on Thursday, courtesy, of course, of CNN hot on any federal raid as always. The identity of this person was uh, was made public by uh, some of the news media reports in the New York Times. They had seen uh, on various platforms, including uh, on these chat rooms, uh, Discord, uh, which is a which is a gaming platform. Jack Teixeira, 21 years old, uh, member of the Massachusetts Air National Guard. Okay, so Teixeira is an airman first class in the Massachusetts Air National Guard, as in a low level basic worker. He's assigned to the Otis Air National Guard base at Joint Base Cape Cod. His job in layman's terms was IT infrastructure, not mm. intelligence <clears throat> anal- uh, intelligence analysis. Now I have to probation analysis. I need to practice too. Can you imagine what our show is going to be like in 20 years? <laughs> when Yeah, when we are of Feinstein age. Lick the audience. Yeah, we'll be there. Teixeira was part of the 102nd Intelligence Wing tasked with providing, quote unquote, uh, worldwide precision intelligence and command and control going with trained, experienced airmen uh, or uh, hold on. Now I can't read. Speaking of my brain. Okay, that's totally not on me. It's not, it's not my fault. It's not my I, fault. I think I wrote this incorrectly. Anyway, oh, okay. he okay. provides this unit provides intelligence and command uh, to trained ex- with trained experienced airmen for expeditionary combat support and homeland security. Teixeira uh, passed a background check for the job involving access to low-level classified information. But much of the uh, material involved in the leak appears to be not that. Appears to be (laughs) much more significant national secrets. Um, One anonymous source, uh, FBI agent, quoted in the Daily Mail's reporting on Friday, said in a a sworn statement that Teixeira actually held a top-secret security clearance since 2021 and that he also maintained... Um, compartmented or compartmentalized uh, access to other highly classified programs. So perhaps there's more than meets the eye here, but his particular access, what exactly he had access to and what exactly he did not, uh, as far as I'm aware, remains to be uh, disclosed publicly at least. So let's get into the accusations of what he supposedly did. Teixeira created this Discord uh, server called Thug Shaker Central, in 2020 <laughs> during the lockdowns. Now that server oh. name is apparently a gay porn reference, which believe me, I actually know nothing about. I don't know what thug shaker central is, but that's a gay porn reference. This reporting well, says I can't look it up. So 
Google Thug Shaker Central at your own peril. Teixeira, uh, apparently on this server, he would discuss his interest in guns, Catholicism, libertarian politics, and video games. He used the username OG. This Discord group was small. It was 30 members at its peak, and it was accessible by invitation only. Shortly after the Russian invasion of Ukraine in February 2022, Teixeira began creating, uh, began posting rather classified material on the server. At first, this was transcriptions or descriptions of what he said he saw on certain documents. He then later posted photos of original documents. Interesting. Teixeira is accused of leaking over a hundred <clears throat> classified documents, many related to the Ukraine war, other materials related to foreign interference in U.S. elections, U.S. interference with foreign governments, and materials related to the Chinese spy balloon saga and other things. We'll get to the content of the leaks in just a minute. But unlike the prior leaks uh, like Snowden or Manning, Teixeira did not work through media, and apparently he was not actually seeking to distribute these materials publicly or widely at all. It's believed he was just trying to impress other members on this Discord server. In fact, he, he apparently swore the members of this Discord server to secrecy. That code of silence actually held for over a year. Remember, we said the first the first appearance of classified material on the server. This server was sometime around February 2022. That secrecy held until last month when some members of the server began sharing to share his posts and classified documents in other Discord groups. Again, apparently because they wanted to impress others and or win arguments against them. In one ah. case, there was an argument on March 4th in which a Discord, there was a Discord argument between Minecraft players. And that led to one finishing the fight with, quote, here, have some leaked documents. And I guess he won the argument. And through that, the media caught wind of the leaks. And then over the last month, the Justice Department has been working on tracking him down, which uh, on Thursday they did. So as far as sure the... It took um, them a long time. Well, and it, it curiously did not take places like the New York Times quite as long as the uh, Justice Department and or feds, which I'll get to in a minute. So there's that oddity too. But uh, Teixeira made his first appearance in federal court on Friday. He's charged with two federal crimes under the Espionage Act. He faces a maximum of 15 years in prison, according to this Washington Post reporting. Though I've seen reports that the maximum could be much higher if he's charged per document, though that is probably unlikely. Uh, but I don't think technically 15 years maximum is correct, unless the other sources are correct. Anyway, he did not enter a plea, and he's currently detained pending a hearing on Wednesday the government intends to seek his continued detention. So we'll see how that goes on Wednesday. So then the question is, well, what's actually in the leaks? What is yeah. the information that was disclosed? And there's a lot of different things. Um. Yes. Okay. So we had heard before that there's some troops on the ground, but we did not know that there are UK special forces that have been operating in Ukraine. Uh, I don't know, a handful of them. So that was news. Um, also, as we have long suspected, there are documents that point to higher Ukrainian casualty figures than has been suggested um, and reduced air defenses, and they're totally running out of munitions. So this was known to us, but the specific thing is that uh, they're going to start running out by the end of May. And I also read through some other source that they can only withstand two to three more airstrikes before they uh, are totally out of munitions. Out of anti-air totally, yeah. munitions specifically? Okay. So that's really valuable. What did they spend all that money on? <laughs> I yeah, guess they're really. going to need another uh, another 
another cash drop mm-hmm. or another munitions drop. Also in the leaks, no surprise to anybody, uh, how closely the U.S. monitors its allies and friends um, and how they interact with Russia and China. What a surprise. And officials in several countries have denied or rejected these allegations, but it's clearly true. We all knew that. Um, Egypt, uh, which receives $1.3 billion in American military aid each year, was planning to sell rockets to Moscow with Egypt's president instructing officials to keep production and shipment secret to avoid problems what? with the West. So, so they're flipping. They're, they're flipping the munitions. So we're funding for. both sides is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I knew that. I'm telling you, it's like but Putin was in on it because Putin's cashing. There's like a mutual investment in keeping a conflict going indefinitely because yeah. even U.S. quote unquote enemies are still financed by our quote unquote allies. I know. It's just... It's just know, which which shell countries the money goes through first. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. And then, um, you know, you've been hearing that Putin has cancer. He's undergoing chemotherapy. Some of the leaks address that and they don't specify what medical condition he has. Um, but it is suggested that he is actually receiving chemotherapy. Okay. And it's not just UK special forces that would be the uh, forces previously unknown to be on the ground in Ukraine. Apparently, we had a very small amount of U.S. troops involved as well. Right. There, 14 are American. This was actually a reported in Daily Mail. So I'm, I'm not sure if this is even part of the leak. But um, okay. <clears throat> there is a small contingent of less than 100 special operatives personnel from NATO members, France, America, Britain, Latvia. Um and and 14 that are American. So I guess that was speculated in Daily Mail and Guardian, but confirmed through the leak. Okay. And no matter, like, I know that this sounds like it's an, an inconsequential number of people, but this is how it always starts. Yeah. And, and I, I fully understand that we have our personnel in places all over the world that is not necessarily publicly known. I know that that's not a huge surprise, but in the context of this war where we are playing this game of being only involved by proxy, but officially denying any official war involvement. All it takes is for, let's say you got 14 guys on the ground in Kiev or wherever else. What happens when one of them gets captured? What happens when one of them gets killed? What happens when one of them kills the wrong guy or just kills somebody high profile and gets caught in the act? All of a sudden, then you have a massive conflict. Oh, and by the way, you have the whole problem of a lack of constitutionally required congressional authorization for such a thing. I I recognize that like 14 troops being in a particular area of the world is sort of status quo. But when the official public position is denial and we don't follow constitutional requirement to do this and we create risk with a we're supposed to believe is one of our foremost enemies on the globe. That is a massive scandal as far as I'm concerned. <clears throat> I totally agree. Yeah. So, uh, oh, and then this is, there isn't really a part of the leak to support this, but this was a claim by the leaker about the Buffalo shooting. Right. He was talking in the discord server that the government hides horrible truths from the public. And he claimed that um, federal agencies allowed the 2022 shooting at the Buffalo supermarket. If you remember that to happen so that they could use the event to argue for more funding, presumably gun related. Um, Charlie Kirk has commented on this and, you know, largely, I think he's a chode, but he's right about this. Whose face Um, is way too small. Don't forget. Clearly. No, no. It's not that his face is too small. It's the features on his face. Sorry. Correct. Yes. That's not why I think he's a douchebag, but it does contribute. Physiognomy is usually right. Okay. He said the context here is interesting, given that much of what was leaked to this discord chat, chat turns out to be true. 
Um, and then the investigation at the time, there were a lot of misread flags. So I think Charlie's probably right about this. I remember talking about this <clears throat> after the shooting too. And again, this is about a year ago in May of last year, the Buffalo shooting where the guy went mm-hmm. in live streamed himself shooting up, targeting specifically black people at this grocery store. Um, that shooter, Peyton Gendron, uh, it was reported at the time in the Buffalo news that a, a possible retired federal agent knew about the shooting in advance, but didn't intervene. This was May 27th, mm. 2022, this reporting. And this shooter, Peyton Gendron, also had a private Discord server on which this Fed was apparently a member, or at least this story says, quote unquote, chat room. But through other stories about Peyton Gendron, we know that he was using Discord for a lot of his communications. So once again, be careful in our Discord, Discord Fed strike again. Yeah, I know that's uh, always a a tired joke, but it does seem actually very serious that that. And as we'll get to, Biden is saying, yeah, more feds on Discord. That's what I'm going to do. So this appears to be a real thing. I guarantee there are feds in our Discord. (laughs) Probably. What what are they doing? What's taking so long? I don't know. They're talking about my makeup and whether or not I'm a real blonde. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, there there are a lot of remaining questions and frankly, more questions than answers as far as this story has developed. And we're not going to get a lot of those answers because... Most of the time, the answers to what happened with classified information is also classified. But (laughs) how did he get this information? It's the biggest question of the story, particularly how he got this information in such a large volume. It wasn't a document. Again, it was supposed to be apparently is like a hundred different things. So when asked how such a young, low ranking service member could have uh, could have access to highly sensitive documents, Pentagon spokesman Patrick Ryder said, well, it's the nature of the military to trust its very young members with high and sometimes grave levels of responsibility. Nope, that Im- that's not that imply that that answer implies that he, in fact, had access to these things. It would lead you to believe that. But I don't know if you um, if you listen to Snowden talk about how he was able to smuggle out some of the greatest national security secrets in in the history of our country. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't that involved of a process. He basically just like put it on a CD and then, and then walked out of the building. You know, he just, he just tossed the security card or the security guard, um, a Rubik's cube to see if he would catch it so that he would distract him enough to go through the uh, metal detectors. <laughs> so like everybody that, thinks yeah, that's true. I've never heard that piece of the story. Yeah, I that's can totally yeah, believe yeah. it though. Oh I think he, and then um, uh, what's the tranny one? Manning. Now Manning Chelsea Manning, formerly Bradley used a, used a um, Britney Spears CD. Man, I, I guess I haven't, I haven't looked at the details of how they pulled it off, but so everybody has this expectation that the American military has their ducks in a row, but it's just when you have a massive bureaucracy, it gets infiltrated at multiple levels with uh, people's incompetence. Yeah. And so you you can do these things like I bet it wasn't that hard. Whatever he did, I bet it wasn't that hard. I don't think some higher level person gave him this or blotted blotty da. Hmm. Um, and that is the excuse that I would use if I didn't have all of my uh, my national security secrets under wraps appropriately. I would yeah. say like, well, we just trust too much. Right. I get well, and that's what that's what Patrick Pentagon spokesman Patrick Ryder is going with. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin tells the New York Times that he is, quote, uh, or he's described by the New York Times as saying that he's struggling, quote unquote, struggling to explain how his department was unaware of the leaks for a year, which would point to your explanation that you just gave. 
And it does remain unclear if Teixeira had direct access to these materials. It would it, It's fair to assume as a matter of policy, he did not. But as a matter of practicality, perhaps he exercised the Rubik's Cube or the Britney Spears CD. And he did, in fact, have direct access. Maybe that's how it happened. But if if he was provided this information by somebody else, if he didn't act alone, will there be accountability for anybody who assisted or will that be swept under the rug? Or is this mm. thing designed to use him as some, some sort of fall guy or scapegoat for somebody else? And of course, the question I just mentioned, will we learn in any case? Um, no, is the answer. Uh, expect those answers to be classified as well. There apparently will be closed door congressional hearings this week to assess, but closed door is uh, emphasized in that particular characterization. Uh, why did he do it is also uh, unknown. Sharing um, the info privately and swearing members to secrecy, if that is what actually happened. Again, that's by reporters. That's from reporters at places like the New York Times and the Washington Post that have gotten pieces of this story incorrect as we'll get to but if that is what happened that implies a motive other than public interest and there's a great debate about um is this betrayal of country is this the revelation of material that in fact every citizen should be aware of well if he's doing it in a in a private way intentionally mostly to brag among friends to me that erases this sort of noble public informant motive to the extent that you yeah. buy it it i mean it not not that if it's if the intent is public informant that it's always correct but if the intent is just look how cool i am on the discord server it's really hard to justify that even if the contents of the leak are relevant public information the question yeah, i agree i'm always conflicted about these things because uh i think that this does fall under the domain of uh, pertinent public information. However, that's not the motivation here. And as much as it pains me for full operation and effectiveness, the government does have to keep some level of secrecy. Yeah, right? it does. Uh, and that line is always difficult to draw. I think, I think it's fair to say that we are uh, based on my limited understanding. We're probably an overclassified country. We are probably for keeping sure. way too probably many secrets. 99% of the things that are classified should not be. But uh, yeah. but that's not to say that that if if everything about our our foreign policy is publicly disclosed that we wouldn't be at a disadvantage in a lot of those uh, interactions. I mean obviously uh, you have to acknowledge that certain secrets have to be kept. I I I generally am pretty willing to err on the side of of public disclosure though. If I yeah. believe that the motive is public disclosure, I'm just not convinced in this case that was the motive, which I find damaging to to sympathy that could be offered to him. I don't know. I, I st part of me still thinks that this is pretty cool, though, because um, it, he couldn't have possibly not known that this was going to get out of the Discord server. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe that was the intent. Maybe it was just the slow roll. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Maybe he like had enough courage to post this on the Discord server, but not to go full Snowden. And so he just wanted to be like, don't release this guy. Yeah, I don't know. But then then you still have the effect of if it's publicly relevant information, it's not released for a year after the fact. And it's like, well, OK, I mean, is, if you release the information, what would anybody be able to do about it? Though, way late beyond its relevance. Is that still of public value or is it just? Oh, uh, it's still relevant. I guess it is now. But let's say that you're still I guess if you're if your intent is public is informing the public and you're relying on the laziness or mistakes of others to leak that information out so that you're not in trouble. 
I don't know. I still have, to, I, I have a lot of dispute with that methodology. Either you're going to inform the public or you're not. And, and it appears to me that the motive in this case was not. I guess so. But part of me still thinks it's awesome. I can't, I don't really understand why. All right. But. <laughs> well, you're allowed. The good news is you're allowed to change your mind if you decide <laughs> against it. And that's, that's kind of exactly what a lot of media reports did. So another question about what happened in this case is why exactly did so many early claims about what happened change so dramatically? So, for example, um, early reports connected the the leak to Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Uh, but Teixeira has nothing to do with Fort Bragg. The Wall Street Journal made this report citing unnamed U.S. officials as in plural. So were these officials wrong or was the Wall Street Journal just making it up? You also had Reuters first reporting <clears throat> the leaks on April 7th. They blamed the Russians for it, citing three unnamed U.S. officials. Again, were they all three of those officials wrong or was Reuters making it up? Mm-hmm. Another unnamed Fed source told NBC that the feds had been tracking Teixeira for some time. NBC then deleted the story. No, not the story. They deleted that particular sentence from the story. And uh, and and if if the feds had been tracking Teixeira, well, why were the prior uh, then why the prior false reports about Russia and Fort Bragg? Yeah. And I guess why wasn't Teixeira arrested earlier? And speaking of, not everybody got it wrong. Some people got it right. The New York Times got it very right. In fact, uh, suspiciously right. Maybe they're just very, very good. Uh, But the New York Times beat the feds to the story on Thursday. They arrived at the house before the feds did. The feds, uh, sorry, the New York Times reporter, as in at least one, went to the home and spoke with Teixeira's mom. Then Teixeira himself showed up, or at least who the reporter believed to be Teixeira, and refused to speak without a lawyer, saying he expects the feds to arrive shortly. And then the feds did. So who was the source for the New York Times? Right. How did that come to be? And as I mentioned, the uh, the final question, how many feds will be on Discord now? And how many of uh, how many of the 87,000 IRS agents are going to get reassigned over the next decade to monitor these discord servers Uh, you're right if you thought there were feds on the discord server uh before get ready and and that's not just my speculation that's the biden administration formally saying it they are saying they're now looking to expand how they monitor social media and chat rooms in response to this story the administration will expand the universe of online sites that intel agency intel agencies and law enforcement track according to the usual unnamed fed source the source says that the feds didn't really monitor discord very closely before. I personally don't believe them. Uh, but either way, I would not advise talking to Ray Epps in the server or not Ray Epps in the server. Just stay away from both of them. <laughs> not Ray Epps. <laughs> no, I mean, this sucks. This is one question that comes up among the audience frequently too. When we, when we have conversations on Wednesday or just in emails or other things. Um, yeah. Are there feds out there looking to monitor all the stuff that you say to make a criminal out of you? I have no doubt. In fact, they're outright saying it. But how much of how how much submission are you going to do in anticipation of that? Are you going to allow these people to control your very perspective, your communication with others? You got to be careful about anything that could be perceived as an advocacy of criminality, of course. That's the only thing, though. They, they can't yeah. arrest you for being racist. Not yet. They're working on it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, as long as you're you're careful uh, uh, with the line of incitement, I, I think it's a shame if we allow ourselves, to, if we allow our perspectives to be altered or censored by these people, because that is the goal. They want you to be intimidated out of saying what you believe to be true. 
Um, I know that that in this case, you have the legitimate criminal matter of the compromise of classified documents. I'm not saying that doesn't matter, but I am saying, broadly speaking, federal monitoring of Discord and other online communication is not exclusively about classified documents. It's about bullying you into not saying what you believe to be true. Yep. And I, yeah. if you, if we surrender that, that's, that's it everything. All is lost. Yeah. That is everything. Um, but I can't impress enough on the audience that they should not be organizing online at all. You got to use the original fed communication method, which is the post office. That's yeah. how you do it. I don't think that the fed is opening up letters. <laughs> um, you well, gotta get on your horse and hand deliver a wax sealed letter. Well, if you think, Intel community incompetence is bad. You should see postal service incompetence. Oh, no. Yeah, but they're pretty desperate. I joked, um, you know, the postal service in town is so understaffed. They actually hired a white guy. That's how desperate they are. <laughs> the African lady, the Muslim chick, they're gone. They got new jobs somewhere else. They actually hired a white guy to Dude, work wow. at the post office. There was Bozeman. a giant African lady there. She was just throwing all of the letters in the trash. <laughs> I, uh, I've had some episodes at this particular post office. Mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, we're right at the top of the hour. So good time for a break, unless you have more to say about any of this story. No, let's do it. Okay. Let's catch up with uh, rumble first. Yakko 1977. Since Roe versus Wade was overturned, abortion providers like Planned Parenthood are in overdrive to psychologically manipulate kids who weren't aborted into castrating themselves instead Hating children is big business, sadly. Man, that is a... That is so depressing and also true. That is an... It's an ultra cynical take, but is it... Is it absurd to connect to those concepts? I don't... Man, I, don't I, I guess... So. I, I, that's another one of those things where I, I... It's like I wonder back... When I look back 10 years and I thought Rick Santorum was crazy for connecting gay marriage to the parade of horribles. And I think, well, how does it logically follow? And over time, it starts to make sense. This is one of those things that doesn't seem like it automatically connects in your head. What does abortion have to do with convincing kids into transitioning their gender? But but there's no denying it's a lot of the same people with a lot of the same motives. Is that the connection? Damn. Interesting oh. observation. Uh, Sticks sent me here, said, move over to rumble, you fags. I assume he's talking to the to the audience who's still on YouTube. Yeah. Um. Well, I Rumble's Rumble's doing great, man. The 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 features that they are rolling out are are they're hitting it out of the park lately. And I know a lot of people will say, well, it's not up to YouTube standard in terms of features. And frankly, I agree. I'm not taking shots at Rumble. It's just that you don't build Rome in a day. You got it. it takes time to it takes a while to build it. But they're they're doing all the right things. They're they've got their super chat system going. They um. The, the new uh, sort of Patreon that they've built in that for the rest of the year, again, as far as I understand, they're giving everything to the creator. Rumble's not even taking a cut of it. Wow. They're doing all the right things to make the place, uh, make it a place where, where independent creators can grow their content. And that is much appreciated. So I've always dreamed, like I know the YouTube days are numbered. I know that most people prefer YouTube, but YouTube is intent on killing itself or at least purging itself of this kind of content i've always hoped that there would be a way to do what the fed wants to do to have the soft landing you know to get away from <laughs> youtube and into somewhere else in a soft landing not abrupt crash landing way i know uh, rumble it i don't know that it's all the way there but it's it's very close to soft landing territory which is quite awesome so 
Rumble has my appreciation. And so do you, Sticks, sent me here for supporting the show. That's all I got uh, over on Rumble. Sure. Captain Norway, as I pass another gear on this planet today, I look at all the wonderful things I have. A loving wife, four kids, and a good job. And I really feel God's blessing in my life. The only thing I'm missing is a proper soap to tickle my balls. Um, well, we've got you covered. Captain Norway, I don't know if you're actually in Norway, but I know you've been a longtime super chatter. That'd if, be a uh, twist. If you would like a birthday gift of some some of my signature soaps, you send me an yeah. email and I will see what I can do. But happy birthday this, and uh, congrats yeah. on your big family. I did not know that. And That's that is uh, yeah. that is something for which to aim. So all the best to you and your family. The key is to put the soap inside your butt. That's exactly right. No, don't steal it. There, don't steal the, it. The great don't thing, do you know, it. The great thing External about use hero, only. You know, the great thing about Hero Soap, it's not like that cheap crap that you buy at the grocery store that's a little small bar. These are these are robust, chunky bars of soap. Oh, that's so much grosser. They're than not butt said. friendly. You, you couldn't if you tried. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. you could if you tried. Well, ah, yeah. I hate myself. Jeff Sloat, here's $10. The quality of Matt's content makes it well worth it. Blonde is okay also. Thank you. <laughs> hey, I made a uh, video this week. Oh, you did your interview. I haven't seen it yet. How'd that go? So I, I really graceful and I have been friends for a while. Like we've talked loosely um, and she is just the nicest hmm. lady. Like I, I just really enjoyed talking to her. Everybody buy her book over on Amazon the deep state encyclopedia and check out my interview with her, which was yesterday. The day before yesterday, um, over on my channel, blonde of the belly of the beast. Thank you. I bought PN. I may have to skip the movie review segment. I can probably take Matt hating my neighbor Totoro. 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 Because Matt, I have higher hopes for blonde, but I have higher hopes (sighs) for blonde. Um, Okay. Over a billion, two hundred, a trillion, two hundred billion dollars. Thanks for your support. <laughs> Holden Mulray. I'm sorry I have to hate a pet movie. I, but at the same time, I like hating. No, I didn't say that. I didn't give it away. I mean, he already did. I knew it. He already did. He said I could take Matt hating it. Yeah, but he didn't tell me that. I, I think that the general assumption no, is that you would hate. There's no way you loved it. No, I was, it was watching great. it. I was like, I bet Matt fucking hated it so 10. much. I I bet a hundred dollars that Matt gave this one star. All right, let me uh, go back into my to my website and make some changes while you read the chat. I chats, am so sure that you bucks. gave this one star. All right, um, did you not? It's we'll too late to, now. We'll cash have to find out later oh, in whatever. the show. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, Holden Mulray, sincere question from a two way supporter and gun owner: The U.S. is an outlier in terms of gun rights and ownerships, yet I'm not sure we're the most free. Do you ever think we exaggerate the relationship? Um, mm. Perhaps. And I think that part of the reason that that is skewed is that uh, a small proportion of people own many, 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 many guns. I mean, we've got to be at like like 10 right now. Yeah. And so that's so it. Let's say catch up. That's it. That's that's like Idaho minimum. What do you say? I know, about? really? Yeah. All my friends are going to ditch me now. Yeah. Know that. Um, but I mean, how many guns do you have? More than 10. I'll say that. Really? Yeah. More than 10. Do you have like a, them on a wall? Like uh, no, they're in a like safe. In tremors. They're in oh, a safe. Okay. Uh, well, not all of them are in a safe, but most that's of them true. are in a safe. I don't have the Reba McIntyre room though. That's future pointing. Yeah. Uh, so I think that that skews to people that are gun proficient, um, owning the majority of the guns, and then the remainder of the population being without guns. 
So yeah, yeah. well, and guns guns are a, a backstop and a baseline to preserving your rights and your freedom. They are a really they are a last resort. That's what they're designed to be. They're they're a last resort to protect your life and liberty in a variety of circumstances, whether that's the thug on the street trying to harm you or your family, or whether that's the government. That's racist. Sorry, I can't use the word thug. The bad guy is that racist? Uh, the point that's, is that, that's also that you still have to defend your rights and your freedom through your political means and through your voice and all of these things. And I think in many ways you're right, Holden, that there are all sorts of freedoms from your freedom of speech to your economic rights, to all of these that that still have to be protected just as vigorously. That doesn't mean pointing a gun at things. It means standing up for them vocally and through the political system as well. And in many ways, our country is laid down for that. And yeah. I don't exclude myself from that. There are things, a lot of things over the last three years, I wish I would have done a better job of personally standing up to. So just because you own guns does not guarantee your freedom. That is certainly a point that is is well taken. You got to fight for it. Um, Robin D. Banks, Matt and I once made love. He psyoped me like the CIA before abusing me into leaking as well. <laughs> Seriously, though, what is a Tiffany Dover? Is her husband's name Ben by chance asking for a friend? That's oh, a she, big game, man. She bends over. Um, her actual husband's name is Dustin, not Ben. Yeah. At least if the story is wait, to be believed. Dustin Dover? Yeah. Although that sounds like a joke. That's not great either. His what name- are you going to do with a last name like Dover? And you're not any Benjamins in the family. That's for sure. Yeah. Name your kid Tom. All right. Thank you, Robin. <clears throat> Let's just do a few more. JRC one, a blessed good evening to you both. You got to see this movie nefarious. Truth doesn't care of what one believes. And I have never heard of it. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. I don't know that one either. Thank you for supporting sorry, the Mr. show. Appreciate it. Long down, John. Matt and I once went to Tibet. He wanted to practice the local greeting customs with me. And I said, that's great. But my tongue is up here. What the? F- <laughs> Why are you gay? <laughs> Come on. Gross. The Dalai Lama wasn't gross enough for you. You had to up the ante. My God. Oh, Danny from Montana. Our last one for right now. Um, Thank you both for your wise words on Wednesday. I don't remember what I said. I, I find it funny. Oh, he's in love with somebody else. Right. Oh, yeah. I think that was the conversation, right? Yeah, I find it funny that out of everyone I talked to, both you both had the you both had the most uh, insightful advice, while basically not knowing any specifics. Plot twists: the ex is Jewish, and she knows what I think about old Uncle A. Wait, <laughs> you're still in love with the Jewish chick? Is oh, that what he's saying? Many. I think he's saying. I think the well, yeah, I don't know who's in the. Right. So just to, to clue the audience in, the situation was that he was considering buying a ring. For his new girlfriend. But he is mentally still in love with his ex. And his he was asking for advice. And our advice was, you do not give a ring under any fraudulent premise. You have to withhold right. that ring. And I think we went as you went as far as to say it, that he should he should leave that woman. That he definitely yeah. should leave that woman. Yeah. But he should not work on the relationship. He should leave the situation entirely. But don't get back with that other chick. I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Was that why you broke up? You had nice things to say about Uncle A? Is that what led to? <laughs> that sucks. He's like a hardened anti-Semite and he's in love with a Jewish chick. Well, wh- what, what a dilemma. Do? Yeah, what do you do? <laughs> I hope he figures it out. Uh, no, oh, I, I'm man. glad. Seriously speaking, Danny, I'm glad that you did not uh, bring anybody into that sort of literal engagement uh on any kind of false premise so good for you for for standing up for what's right there and and not 
not doing it because you feel like you have to doing it because you are genuinely convinced that is the person with whom you're going to spend your life and build a family and all the rest. So until yeah. you're convinced of that, do not give her any premise otherwise. Great. Um, okay. All right. Let's we all, move on. All right. We will come back to your chats at the uh, end of the stream. Thank you guys. Much appreciated. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. Let's get back into the news. Where did we leave off? Tiffany oh, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, are we doing, Oh, is it Tiffany first? Or are we doing Bob Lee? Oh, Bob Lee. Let's, yeah. Let's go Bob Lee. This is a fascinating murder. I can totally get behind this. So this executive, you can get uh, behind it. Yeah. yeah. All right. I, I like a good murder, you know, grisly intrigue, sex. I, I like everything here. That, uh, but one, once the, once the blonde murder, true crime podcast episode comes out, oh, man, that's going to be lit. I can't wait yeah. to listen to that one. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Um, a fellow tech executive killed 43-year-old Cash App founder Bob Lee earlier this month with, with a kitchen knife after driving him to a secluded area. Okay, this came out in the court filing on Friday. So police arrested the suspect on Thursday, identified him as Nima Momeni, and he is the owner of a, uh, I think, San Francisco-based company called Expand IT, Expand It. Uh, so Lee, an executive at cryptocurrency firm MobileCoin, was killed on April 4th. Now, what happened was in the previous afternoon, Lee spent time with Momeni's sister and a, a third person um, who was a friend of Lee. And then later in the day at Lee's hotel room, Momeni confronted him and he asked him whether he and his sister were doing drugs or doing any anything inappropriate. Um, and then Lee was like, no. I wasn't banging your sister and, and then, Lee's still uh, married, married father of many kids at, at this yes, point. And, he's married before his murder. Right. And then Momeni's sister is also married, okay. but her marriage is falling apart and she's texting Lee stuff like my husband, if I, if he found out that I was texting somebody, what she was texting Lee, he'd be hella pissed, but he wouldn't murder me. And probably not divorce me. It, so it was that like, turned out to be a in, an incorrect prediction is what you're saying. What? That there would not be murder involved or do I have my relationships confused? You have your relationships confused. Oh, okay. So she was texting Lee, the guy that got murdered, his sister. Right. And it was like borderline inappropriate, but not overtly sexual. Okay. So she was saying like, you know, thanks for taking me out today. I had a really good time. And then she said like, love you, you filthy prick or something like that. You know, it was like inappropriate. My husband would be like, what the fuck is this? But he wouldn't divorce me. Is there any. You know? Okay. So just so I understand correctly, is there just suspicion that they had an inappropriate relationship as in a sexual relationship or is there confirmation of that? No, there's there's strong suspicion. They were like okay. hanging out and okay. they're both married. But it's not like they were caught in the act or something. It just it was Correct. it was suspicious association. Right. Yeah. But she's married. He's married and yeah. her brother was like, no fucking way. And then drove him out to a secluded place and uh, stabbed him a bunch of times with a giant butcher knife. And by the way, they were out together. Oh, not Lee and Momeni. So Momeni is the killer, not the I thought it was saying that he and the woman were out at 2 a.m. It was he and the, the guy who killed him shortly thereafter were out at 2 a.m. Right. Okay. I'm pretty sure that this I don't know. This smells to me of of some honor killing. Wait, they're both Momenis. So was he out with the woman at 2 a.m.? No, he okay. was out with the um, with the 
the dude at 2 a.m. But the previous day he had been hanging out with the sister. They've yeah. known each other for years. Four inch blade. So, All right. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty he sure he's Muslim. Him, basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's Muslim. Oh, no, so, he's he's Zoroastrian. But this wouldn't be honor killing because he would honor kill his sister, right? He, you don't yes. honor killing is not the guy who's outside of your family. That's true, but he might have just been super pissed because they were both betraying their marriage vows. Ah, Zoroastrianism. I don't know anything about this. No, that's that's the word I've never heard. Isn't that what like Zach Galifianakis is or something? I don't. It's know. an Iranian. Um, it's an Iranian faith. I don't. This. I don't think it's that similar to Islam. I think it's pre-Islamic. He was stabbed straight up in the heart, and then of stabbed course him in the heart, and yeah. then of course he was then let out of the car still alive, and he was staggering around on the street trying to flag people down, and somebody saw him but did not assist, and and. That part of the story was known last week. And when I first saw it, I thought, man, what the, the state of our country, a guy's bleeding out on the street and nobody will even help him. And then I think, OK, I also know what it's like to be in San Francisco and see crazy drug addicted hobos meandering around. If Dude, if they were I'd flag- run that person over, yeah. if they were flagging me down and I had my son in the car, <laughs> I ain't stopping for that. Oh, um, no way. And, and the thing is, like, if I saw that on the streets of San Francisco, if I saw a guy walking around staggering around in an unstable way like that would i assume stabbing victim or would i assume drug addict i would assume drug addict i would too so as much as i hate that our society is willing to let people bleed out without assistance i don't know that given the state of things i blame the person who saw at least a glimpse of this and 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 opted not to get involved because in a place like san francisco (laughs) Uh, yes, let me help that drug addicted hobo who will stab me the second I get into immediate proximity. No way. I let that guy die in the street that one time. Um, That's true. You have direct experience with this. I forgot. I used to feel really guilty about it, but uh, I don't anymore. Bombs you, saw, were always... you saw a guy OD is what you're saying. Okay. I don't, I don't, I'm sorry if I'm, I've been repeat storytelling. I noticed that other podcasters do this and I find it really annoying, but it, whatever. When I was living in Seattle, this was in 2016 or 2017. My husband's deployed and I'm walking my dog by myself at night and I'm about to go into my apartment complex and I see a homeless guy laying in the street, totally unresponsive. And I was like, maybe I should go over there and like kick him. But in the previous few weeks, I'd had some instances with bombs, that guy that like broke the bong and then was pretending to stab people right in front of me. Oh yeah. Um, and some other stuff had happened and I had seen a bum taking a shit outside of our apartment and all this other stuff. And I was like, it seems like a bad idea for me to wake a sleeping mom by myself. And so I was like, I'm out on this. So I went and told the lady at the front desk, like, I was like, I don't know what you want to do about this. And then I went up to my apartment and I was watching. And then I saw him get loaded into um, an ambulance, like so slowly he was clearly dead. So I don't know. I probably could have saved that guy's life. I would have gone over there and like kicked him or whatever, but it wasn't wasn't safe for me. Compelling and rich. That actually is a great story. I love that one. <laughs> Come on. It's a great story. But, yeah. you know, that's that's a I, Seattle experience. I mean, the only thing that would have made it better is if you had, uh, you know, Starbucks straight from what's the place? Pike's Market or whatever. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's yeah. that's authentic. What would you have done? Well, this is the this is the dilemma. I don't have that. Ex- I, I have enough time in San Francisco to know that I've seen I haven't seen someone straight up die. But like I'm saying, I've seen enough of these freaks. <laughs> to know that like it's debate yeah. happy go lucky me 10 years ago 
is the kind of guy who would, in fact, buy a, a hobo a Quiznos sandwich. And when he says, don't forget the Pepsi, actually give him the Pepsi, too. That happened to me. And I did that. And that was that was an, a, that is so much worse than letting a bum die. That was a formative moment for me. I thought, OK, the guy wanted cash. And I said, I'm not giving you cash, but I'm, I'll get a Quiznos sandwich for you if you want. All right. You make it tuna and blah, blah, blah. And don't forget the Pepsi. And I did it. And then I became red pilled on hobos after. That. And then he killed a bunch of homeless people. It's, he mowed them so down with his Subaru. Happy go lucky me probably would. But current family man me. Absolutely not. I'm not putting my family at risk for that nonsense. But if it was I'm just living. yourself. The other thing, if it was just me, uh, the only uh, I would like to think I would help anyone in need if it could be communicated to me that there is, in fact, need. But the other thing to consider here is it's two thirty in the morning. Yeah, uh, this There's is no way I would never, ever. Yeah. Anyway, so that's what happened to Bob Lee. Um, let's... It kind of sounds like he had a coming. I'm not going to lie. Well, uh, it sounds like he still got murdered to me and didn't deserve it, but. Uh, it sounds like he was participating in some activities that may have been potentially unwise or at least uh, not exactly with full faith toward his marriage. I have to acknowledge that, yeah, that there's yeah. at least some valid suspicion there about what was going on. That doesn't mean murder is the solution, but uh, some well, questions about don't what... bang some minority's sister while you're well, married and you won't get murdered. Clearly that? that I mean, obviously the obvious listen, moral of the I story. I listen to a lot of true crime and almost yeah. everybody is doing something stupid. You, you, the more stupid circumstances you create, the more risk of finding out you create that. That's true. The, the, yeah. uh, the man, the TikTok man's chart of fucking around and finding out that is that that rule does generally hold. I will grant that point. Uh, well, uh, recall a Subaru uh, killer. I love our lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. Sorry, <laughs> man. Maybe that is my future. Uh, officials suspect a, an unshaven lesbian, but they don't. Turns out it was, uh, it was actually just a, a regular guy in normal dude costume. <laughs> normal dude costume, yeah. <laughs> uh, recall, uh, recall Nurse Tiffany Delver, a former nurse at CHI Memorial Hospital of Tennessee in Chattanooga. She was one of the first people to receive the COVID vaccine in December of 2020 that was done on camera to give everyone confidence in the product at the time. And then, of course, she stood up to answer questions with reporters. She started feeling funny. And then she just passed the hell out. And after, uh, well, th just that, uh, if that wasn't enough to to prompt the tinfoil that resulted uh, after the incident, Tiffany Delver largely disappeared. She stopped working as a nurse at the hospital, at least within the last year, according to this reporting. And she did not speak publicly, but for a few social media posts and the occasional appearance in family members, social media posts. So people thought that she died. People thought that she was bought off until, uh, well, it's, it's been over two years since that fainting event. And, and she's kind of largely disappeared. I guess I haven't followed the Tiffany Dover tinfoil with a lot of attention in recent times. But as far as I'm aware, the people really digging into this story, that had kind of died off. I think they all went to DeMar Hamlin because <laughs> it was yes, a right. very similar story. <clears throat> she was largely forgotten until now. She's now back in the news and she says, hey, don't forget me. I didn't die. I didn't disappear. I just didn't want to talk about it until now. In fact, that, that's actually incorrect. She did want to talk about it, according to her. She was told not to talk about it. But that is also apparently totally normal. Not a conspiracy theory either. 
here are parts of a new exclusive interview that aired uh, on NBC this week. Tiffany Dover wants the world to know one thing. My message is simple. It is that I am alive. I'm well. That's it. I hope they believe it. When vaccines arrived that December, Tiffany became one of the first people at her hospital to get the shot. I felt okay during that. Then she stood up to answer questions. I'm sorry. This is something that's happened to me my whole life. I do have episodes where I pass out. People thought that I was dead. People thought that I was an actress paid to do this, that I was paid off by Big Farm. Why not come out and dispel these rumors? Initially, that was exactly what I wanted to do. I was told that that absolutely would not happen. The hospital told you not to speak out. Correct. Yes. CHI Memorial has repeatedly denied knowledge of any directive asking Tiffany not to speak or post. I'm not aware of anything that asked Tiffany not to respond. A year ago, Tiffany left CHI Memorial. And while she hopes to work as a nurse again one day, for now, she's focused on reclaiming her life. Even after all of this, there will be people who say, we don't believe you. What then? At this point, you know, I've done what I needed to do. I've put it out there that I'm alive. They have to choose whether they believe that or not. And that's all I can do is put out the truth. Okay. That does not look like the same bitch to me, although I only could see her upper face. So I am not doing this to try to convince you that this is all a scam and that she's actually dead. Uh, but I'm, it might be. I'm actually not doing that. I, I think that there are objectively interesting pieces of this story for consideration. Uh, and I think this interview does create uh, many more questions, even beyond the central question of, is she dead? Which I'll accept is resolved for now. But um, or maybe not, because I think it is worth noting, as you point out. Women can change their makeup. They can dye their hair. If you put a side by side of this look and the nurse look, I would I would not think that's the same woman. And. That's true of a lot of women when they change their hairstyle or they change their makeup. It's not as though that's great now. I gotta say, maybe it's just that she had a more plain look at work. It could be as simple as that. Uh, But I do think it's worth noting that the look is, is significantly different. If I want to, I'll chalk that up to, I don't want to be in the public spotlight. I want to look different. So I have a different look. Fair enough. The, the real meat of this, the substance of this, who told her not to talk? Yeah. Yeah. Because the hospital, According to her, it is, though. She says in this interview, and I also listened to this lengthy podcast that this interview is a part of from this same reporter. Uh, she says in this interview, Dover does, that it was the hospital. The hospital told me not to talk. I wanted to talk. The hospital told me not to. The hospital denies that there was any NDA directive, as in non-disclosure, anything that's formal. They did not get some kind of agreement with her that she will not speak, according to the hospital. So who's lying or could Dover be misspeaking? And perhaps there was some third party that convinced her not to speak. That's another possibility, or maybe even got her to sign an agreement not to speak. Although it is weird that thing I can't figure out about Dover is if I believe her side of the story, you were, you had some directive or agreement or something not to speak. And it was two years I mean, maybe that's more common than I realized. Is there a, a two-year NDA or something like that? I don't know. I have no idea. Or maybe maybe it was one year and she just needed some time. Whatever. Okay. But if they were going to ha- sign her in, uh, off in that way, it would be in perpetuity. 
I would think so. Also notable, she's not currently working. Now, what was the reason for her leaving her nurse job? Especially if, according to the story, she wants to return to her nursing job, but presumably can't for unexplained reasons or has decided not to for unexplained reasons. She's living in what looks like a very nice, if not brand new house or living situation. In Chattanooga? Well, I guess those cost five bucks these days. I'm told Tennessee living is very affordable, so maybe it's as simple mm. as that. But uh, but and maybe there's no tinfoil in that point at all, because uh, she is a mother. She is, she does have her husband, Dustin. That's at least as reported by this. So maybe she just wanted to be a mom. And I thought, OK, did she have a kid in the last couple of years? And it's just as simple as. I'm tired of all the phone calls at work. I just want to be a mom. I'm going away, which is a motive. I fully understand her, her children, at least one of them. And I believe both are teenagers though. So it's not as though I'm just a mom trying to care for my young kids. She left work when her kids were either, um, you know, older children or young adolescents and made that decision again. It's not that you can't do that. It's just, there aren't, there's not really an explanation provided for why. Bottom line, though, um, she disappeared and she says that someone at the hospital told her to shut up. The hospital says no such thing ever happened. Someone's lying. And originally, I thought this reporter isn't very curious about getting to the bottom of who is lying, because if you have premise, premise A is that this person said that premise B is that this person did not say that one of those is not true. Which one is not true? And I was basing my judgment of the reporter on one four minute segment on NBC Nightly News. It turns out there are multiple like 50 minute podcast episodes. And and I, and our friend Viva Fry was tweeting out about some of these questions this week. And the reporter herself, her name is Brandy uh, Zadrozny. She responded and said, hey, uh, some of these questions are addressed in the podcast episode that just dropped where Tiffany's actually interviewed. So I thought, well, I better listen. And. Not to discredit Brandy, but those specific questions about who lied about telling Tiffany not to speak is Tiffany not is Tiffany lying or is the hospital lying? There is no conclusive information on that. The only information that's in the podcast that is not in the shorter TV bit is that Brandy, the reporter, talks to one of Tiffany's co-workers named Amber. And Amber also says that the hospital mm. told her not to speak. So maybe there's some corroboration in a second witness statement. Uh, If you give credit to that sort of thing. But uh, when I listened to this podcast episode this morning, there were also some interesting um, questions that came out of that. This reporter, again, I'm not trying to discredit her fully because she has been working this story for over a year trying to get Tiffany Dover to talk. And Tiffany Dover refused until now. So there is actually quite a bit to admire in that. She was tenacious, tenacious in getting Tiffany to speak, assuming there wasn't some shady dealing in getting that to happen. But speaking of shady dealings, <laughs> may there have been some because this reporter claims that when she was trying to track down Tiffany is one of the first two minutes or within the first two or three minutes of the uh, podcast episode that she links. She says this reporter says that she was working all of Tiffany's connections, her friends, her direct family members and a close family member unnamed, according to this reporter, offered an interview for money. But NBC refuses that sort of arrangement so it was not granted who was that family member why were they trying to cash in it's not disclosed podcast episode also notes that someone else who was uh, i think some sort of independent reporter or some not somebody not with nbc 
offered Tiffany $100,000 for an interview. And that was a deal that nearly materialized, but didn't end up uh, coming through. So does Tiffany Dover want the truth out? Does Tiffany Dover want money? What are we dealing with here? And I, again, I'm not trying to lead you to any specific conclusion because I've listened through all of this and I'm not convinced that Tiffany Dover is definitely a liar. It's just, there are incompatible premises in the claims here and Mm -hmm. allegations of people trying to cash in. And, uh, so I'm not sure who to believe. I, I, I don't know. Do you, you have any, uh, instinct or inclination about what the truth of the matter may be? I think she's, she's telling the truth. Tiffany Dover. Yeah. It seems like she's telling the truth. Okay. Based on uh, uh, the hospital, would there's no law against lying about having an NDA? No, 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 there there wouldn't be anything. They wouldn't be in violation of anything by doing that. I maybe I reject that this was unrelated to getting the vaccine. Though. That is her claim. She says she's had this condition. Like this has where, happened a lot of times in my life before. Always when getting vaccines. Her claim <laughs> in the podcast is that minor amounts of pain cause her to faint which as far as i'm aware is a condition that exists is it just called being a pussy (laughs) my question on that though is according to her version of the story again you can listen to all this in the podcast she did not necessarily run to the cameras eager to be the vaccine poster girl but she was asked to do this by her nurse manager at the hospital and she said absolutely sure because uh, not just because she's uh, being a team player, but because she personally believed that the vaccines were of high value. And so she wanted to participate in that. My question right. though, is if you know that you have a high likelihood of fainting from my, why would de- you do this? Yeah. And I'm assuming that she's probably had lots of vaccines in her line of work. Has she ha- one thing that's not answered too is, did she have this sort of experience from receiving a prior vaccine? Maybe you didn't pass out outright, but have you had some of those Whatever the sensation might be, she describes like tunnel vision and lightheadedness. Have you experienced that from a prior vaccine? Because if so, if your whole if your whole mission was showing the public how great this product is, not because Pfizer forced you to, but because you want to do it out of your own kind heartedness. How did that risk never cross your mind or or maybe it did and she just thought it wouldn't materialize? I don't know. She's probably some attention whore. She just want to be on TV. Like it'll be fine. I'm fine. I mean, if she thought the vaccine was of high value to people, she's clearly a fucking retard. So, um, well, uh, fair point, I suppose. Um, stupid nurses. God, I hate that we were made to just lick nurses butthole during this whole COVID thing. Like, Oh, they, they work so well. nurses and teachers just work so hard. So there I was fresh off my dance routine for TikTok, and I, I had to save the world. Yeah. Yeah. Really? So- Bodies were just piling up on one another. Well, uh, that's all I got on Tiffany Dover. Uh, are you ready for, I wouldn't call it high effort, but a very bizarre brand of hoax. Hate. It's really weird. Yeah. All right, let's get into that. And now the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? I just noticed the reporter's name on this story. Speaking of noticing things, Rick Rickman? Come on. Why? Come you on. You can't be named. I'm not naming my son Christian. I'm not a psychopath. Oh, you can't do so that. Bad. 
You can't do that, Rick's parents. Christopher Christensen sounds less bad. Christopher is maybe, but you can't do Christian. Anyway. Christian Christensen. I'm I'm burying the lead. This one I can't quite figure out because different reporting characterizes it in different ways. I am confident in saying, though, that this is not, in fact, an anti-Islamic hate crime as it's being framed. In Patterson, New Jersey, there's a a public school named Dr. Hani Awadala School. Probably pronouncing that incorrectly, but Awadala, who is dead, uh, was apparently an advocate for Arab Americans, and the school is named after him. Arab Americans? Is that what you said? That's what it says. I guess, uh, yeah, that's what the, that's what. I think the uh, the care organization in this story says, but twice in four days, someone smeared an unknown dark substance over the last five letters of the sign bearing Awadala's name once on Friday, April 7th. And then again, this past Monday, April 10th. Now, it is speculated that the reason to cover the last five letters of the name is because the letters are. A-L-L-A-H, as in Allah, as in God in Arabic, thus making this some sort of anti-Islamic hate crime. However, two things of note. Uh, Number one, what that unknown dark substance actually is, and to the point of the hate crime, what the name of the suspect now arrested is. A man is facing charges for vandalizing a public school in Patterson, New Jersey. Muhammad Bekit is accused of using feces to write the word Allah on a sign in front of the South Patterson Elementary School. Bekit is charged with bias intimidation, criminal mischief and harassment. New Jersey's Council on American Islamic Relations is calling for a hate crime probe in the wake of the vandalism. Why? So wait, Muhammad Bakit, and this reporting says he wrote Allah in shit and writing Allah in shit is a hate crime. And I thought that reporter must have just misspoken. She means like smeared shit on the word Allah. He wrote Allah. Well, this this story headline man accused of using feces to write Allah on Patterson Elementary School sign. And then again in the story written again, using feces to write the word Allah on a sign. But then you look at the picture. That's not what he did. He just he smeared it around. He didn't write. If he actually did write a lot, maybe because their countries are so poor that this is like the highest compliment to a law writing his name in your shit. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I suppose you use the resources that you have available. And if that's the next best thing to ink, He's just industrious. <laughs> I think we're giving Muhammad a, 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 you know, less than a fair shake here. Hmm. Anyway, uh, yes, the Council on American Islamic Relations, otherwise known as CARE, the particular New Jersey group of of that organization, wants anti-Islamic hate crime charges for suspect Muhammad Bakit, who is very clearly an Islamophobic bigot named after the the prophet himself. And um, in in fact, it looks like that has happened because Bakit is now charged with bias intimidation. The hell is that? Criminal mischief and harassment. So I... If I'm reading this correctly, the bias intimidation is anti-Islamic in nature. So the the understanding here is that an anti-Islamic bigot vandal named Muhammad smeared shit on the word Allah. I mean, I guess it's not impossible. You can be Muhammad and hate Muslims and smear shit on the word Allah. I'm just going to guess. Wait, wait. He smeared shit on the word Allah. He didn't write Allah. That's the picture just shows shit smeared on the word Allah as it's part of the name Mm. Awadala. The story says wrote Allah, but the photo doesn't show that. 
Either way, it's a guy named Muhammad smearing shit on Muslim stuff. I, I'm just going to say there's more to the story. I don't buy this as anti-Islamic hate crime by Muhammad the shit smearer. But I invite care to prove me wrong. Perhaps they will. And I also invite David Hogg to prove me wrong that his ins- his assassination is, in fact, imminent. Uh, I yeah, really. I wish. Ma- prove me wrong, <laughs> David Hogg. Uh, he said, uh, David Hogg said on Wednesday, and as far as uh, personal favorite hate follows on Twitter, it's I got to be up there. I still rank Keith Olbermann one. I mean, Keith Olbermann still? is absolute what fire. What year is it? Follow that account. I'm telling you. What about Keith, Chank? This is the great... The great thing about Keith is he's always angry and he's <laughs> he's not just tweeting like angry things. He's replying to other people. So Keith Olbermann, again, formerly former NB, uh, MSNBC host. Former, you know, he's just like taking a shit like <gasps> former ESPN host, a guy who's been at the top of ne- of, of big network media is yeah. has, he's been reduced to being Tim Pool reply guy, like raging at Tim Pool. calling him mr beanie man and stuff like that i'm thinking oh really tim pool okay whatever you know criticisms people may have um tim has built something that you no longer have keith olbermann and you had the assistance of every corporation in the country and now you're reduced that's why i love keith olbermann it's the anger plus the way he's he's willing to reduce his own dignity in who he chooses to reply to if that makes sense Anyway, David Hogg is right there. And David Hogg is also right there in gun salesman of the decade. Nobody's selling more guns than than maybe Obama or someone like that. But anyway, so David Hogg has just been on a tear lately of hilarious Harvard graduate worthy tweets. This one isn't really stupid per se. It's just it's just funny. He said, I just got a, a concerning message that I'm following up with the proper authorities about. For the record, if I get shot and killed during this work, politicize the fuck out of my death immediately and use it to pass as many gun laws as possible, which uh, is is a great tell. So, first of all, sounds like a great reason to buy a gun, David, to protect yourself. I hope you do. Um, Maybe get some armed security with all your March for Our Lives box. That might be a, a good use, too. But it goes to show what's truly important in this mindset. It doesn't matter how David dies. At least as long as it's by gun, uh, what the circumstances or the specifics were like, let's say he's out dating some Muslim sister in the dead of night and he gets murdered that way. And it clearly has yeah. less to do with the gun than him, uh, you know, being less than faithful in his marriage and hers and whatever. You get what I'm saying? Um, he, he just wants to use his death to diminish the rights of others and take their stuff. And that's kind of a joke, but it's kind of serious. It, it makes sense. That's David's career. It's using the deaths of his of his former classmates to try to diminish your rights and take your stuff. Of course he would want his life's work that in a way, this is David Hogg preserving his own legacy. If I end up on the body pile, be sure that my body is used for the nefarious purpose of stealing from law abiding people also. Uh, but none of this happened. This is a lie. Anyway, I don't even believe it. I should have saved the other David Hogg tweet. Like I mentioned how he has these, these Harvard scholar worthy tweets. He was tweeting about the meal that he just bought at McDonald's. And he, first of all, he bought six chicken McNuggets and unsalted fries. Like what the fuck is wrong with you? 
Uh, because they have to make them fresh if you unsalt them. If you that's the trick. Them. So maybe yeah. maybe he actually, in fact, applied the salt. It was just to get yeah. the fresh. Okay, so that's maybe excusable. But he said, my meal costed $10. <laughs> Harvard. Uh, Harvard educated David Hogg. This this was this costed ten bucks anyway. Uh, okay. Lastly, I have a uh, a piece of surprise cringe for you that uh, it won't take you long to figure. It, it's explicit. It'll tell you exactly what's going on here. But this is this is a story of national significance, apparently. Okay. As more women of color turn to sperm banks in the wake of this pandemic, they face a nationwide shortage of donors who may share their background. We found that 53% of available sperm is from white donors, less than 4% is from black donors. What did you imagine your child would look like? Me. But when she filtered the search for donors of her own race, the number of options went from hundreds to a handful. It almost felt like I was having a bit of my decision taken away from me. You know, historically, donors have been recruited from places where maybe black men are not present. It's also about requirements. Most cryobanks need three generations of medical family history, something <laughs> not all black Americans have access to. Stepansic, who describes herself as half black and half Croatian, welcomed a multiracial baby girl last year with her wife. I wonder if there were non-negotiables, if being black was a non-negotiable when you started the process, and at some point you realized it is a concession you must make in order to have a baby. Yes, ah! you always want your child to look just like you, right? To, to be like you or browner, right, for us. She plans to open the first black-owned cryobank in the country. Reproductive Village, which will focus on recruiting black donors, is set to open in D.C. this fall. It will also have drop-off locations in Houston and Atlanta. Okay. This is so this is the most unnecessary thing I've ever heard because every black guy has like five kids with five different women. I was going to say the jokes pretty much write themselves. Uh, they did For not sure. go there. But uh, did you hear what that bitch says? Everybody wants to have a baby that's there that looks like them. It's their own race. Can you imagine if I said something like that, which uh, I have and nothing happened? So never mind. Well, but <laughs> I, I agree that if the premise was. We are going to have a, you know, it's the classic, imagine if this was reversed, but it is true. If the premise was, we are going to cater to the white, blonde, blue eyed phenotype because that's in demand, uh, yeah. that, that would certainly not be appreciated. But yeah, uh, so the point that you made, you don't need to uh, start a business to find absent black fathers. That uh, <laughs> That is a trend that is carrying on quite well. Um, but, but lesbians parenting the kids of absent black fathers that <laughs> tell me a more dangerous murder demographic. <laughs> oh my God. I know. <laughs> okay. They're going to drive you to the bottom of the ocean over the cliff in the, in the suburban and then shoot you five times in the air on the way down <laughs> sideways <said> Glock style. <laughs> That's what they're going to do. Okay. And they're going to say, I hate Asians. And we're while they're, while they're doing it, San Francisco style. You get what I'm saying? That's, that's what we're creating here <laughs> with this, with this experimentation and this engineering. But, but, yeah. and, and obviously, obviously I'm joking and, and I get it. I, I I'm Are not, you I'm not dismissing the point that, that people want their children to look a certain way. I, I actually get that. And I think that, that people of any demographic are entitled to that just as much as anybody else. But, the industrialization of absentee fathers should not be celebrated. And that's that's the thing here. We are creating an industry that removes the father from the equation. And that's a problem across races. 
we're not, we're just going to act like oh, there's no there are no implications to just deleting the father to create children. That's not a problem at all. That's going to be yeah. just fine. Uh, yeah, this is a huge problem. I think we need to look at the ethics of this. I'm glad the Catholic Church has addressed IVF um, as like a hard no. Just well, don't do to, it. I've had to think a lot about this in the context of of the gay relationships, because in my mind, what you're doing at least in that context, you're, you're deliberately removing the father or the mother from the equation. I know that um, in, in, like when you think about IVF for a couple that can't conceive, maybe that's somewhat different. I, it's different, I suppose, than just saying we're gay. And so we need to delete mom from the equation to accommodate being gay. Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's not different at all. Maybe that's the exact same thing. But I don't know. I mean, I care about it from like a, genetic standpoint this is why i'm okay with surrogacy i guess i should be careful yeah i I, surrogacy and ivf i'm I'm maybe conflating Mm -hmm. right now they're related but they're not necessarily the same thing they're not the same thing no like you can be a surrogate for someone's baby and it's the parent's biological baby which ethically i don't really have a problem with so long as no embryos were destroyed okay um but removing the father from the equation is weird, though. This is there's nothing good can come of this. I also thought it was weird commentary that that women who want the uh, the samples of a particular race, that women said, well, I felt like I was being robbed of my choice. Well, you, you don't actually have a right to someone else's sample. Um, you, you don't have a right to a child to the extent that it requires someone else to create. Now, once you have created that child and you are the parent guardian of that child, then you have a right to that child, but you don't have a right to the, you don't have a right to the creation of a child to suit your desires. And it's really weird logic here because we often joke about like mandatory gay marriage is coming. Uh, Things like that, which are are half jokes because you could see something like that developing. But is that sort of thinking is that um, kind of the, the, the early stages of thinking that you have a right to a state provided child? Like if yeah. I want a child through a, the state provision of a sperm donor, in this case, I have the right to do that absent the father's participation. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the problem I have with what she said, she said um, something about her choices being limited. Yeah. But th- th- that's so hubristic because she's already made a decision by being a single mother or a lesbian or whatever the hell was going on there that her choices for, for her fertility and for future family planning were limited by her own design. The way so they, this isn't some external force limiting her choices. It's her dumb life decision. They would say it is because they framed it up there. At least I take that implicitly. They said, well, you know, during Corona, so many more women need sperm donors. Well, why? Why? Because we've all accepted this premise that you're supposed to put your life on pause and not meet a husband and not build a family that you accepted all the propaganda. And so now you're up against the uh, biological clock and you have to get a sample tomorrow and get this going. Is that I don't like it, man. And, And the most simple point I've kind of buried um, what what ratio did they expect at these banks? I, I know it's a little disproportionate, but they said, well, 53 percent of all donors are white and four percent are black. That is slightly skewed, but it's not drastically different from the demographic reality. Non-Hispanic white people are just under 60 percent of the population. Black people are just under 14 percent under this. God, same that's terrible under <laughs> under this same thinking. White men are actually underrepresented in the sperm donations, but that's not oh, yeah. a problem. Uh, that's that's a non-consideration. 
Well, so I guess I'm saying if, if you look at that 4% number and think, well, black guys are underrepresented. But so are white guys. Black guys in this case would be 10% under. White guys would be like 7% under. So it's not actually that drastic of a difference. And I got to know who's overrepresented. Is it all you damn Asians or is it the, the, the Hispanic guys? Yeah. I don't think that Asians are doing this. Right. I don't. So you're out of options. Who's the one who's who are providing the disproportionate amount of the samples? Oh, man. Take your guess. I don't know. Anyway, it wasn't I just, that cringy. It's it's not the like uh, visceral cringe. It's just it's more. It's an intellectual cringe. It's a oh. it's a sophisticated, artsy, high class cringe. Right. Yeah. Uh, speaking of high class cringe, <laughs> it's time for the movie review since I already gave it uh, away. No, no. I... Get the hell out of here. And may God have mercy on your soul. I hit the wrong button. Way to celebrate the 100th movie review. Insta. You hit the one star button, world, didn't you? I already gave it Of away. movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show movie review. And since I already gave it away, I don't even have to bother softening my description from the review itself. Uh, this week's movie is the 1988 anime classic, My Neighbor Totoro, in which a father moves his two daughters to be closer to their hospitalized mother, and they discover a giant obese cat rabbit with human teeth that occasionally appears to do nothing meaningful at all. And then the movie ends without resolving any of its central premises. Oh. As always, your review and your rating. Okay, so when I watch a movie, I try to get into the artistic style and the intent for for what that specific movie is. And so I'm, I'm watching this movie this morning. I'm like, this is fucking weird. This is super weird. But my daughter is like, she's just, she's so into it. And I'm, I'm thinking like, I'm trying to follow the plot and I'm thinking like, this is just too weird. I'm, I'm not gonna be able to get into it. And then I'm like, why don't I watch this like I'm a kid, like I'm a child. And once I got into the headspace, like once I realized that it wasn't about the plot, it was kind of like the journey through a child's imagination. I'm like bouncing off of things. It became really interesting and whimsical. And um, I stopped thinking of it as like a linear plot. And and I just thought it was really sweet and wholesome. And I ended up really liking it. And um, my daughter was just so mesmerized. And it really was a beautiful film. So once you accept the kind of the weird Japanese nonsense, um, I thought it was great. I gave it a four out of five. I liked it. Four? Yeah. Once really you liked it. once yeah. you stop expecting the traits of a good movie, it is truly excellent <laughs> crap. No, I, I know what you're going to say. The, the, the Japanese bathing scene is weird. But before anybody gets into this is pedo nonsense, this is just really widespread Japanese culture. 10% of Japanese people bathe naked with their parents until high school. That's really that's weird because 10% of Japanese people are pedophiles. That really lines up. <laughs> No, so I, I know, know this I mean, was really weird, but it is kind of a cultural thing. I I will actually I could grant that point, and my hatred of this movie still stands. Uh, and actually, in a weird way, one of the few things I appreciate about this movie is that scene philosophically in a way that has nothing to do with the nudity. Let me explain. Uh, first of all, I will note. As a rule, as I always say, I don't read movies. So I watched the 2005 English dub 
with uh, Dakota and Elle Fanning. Did you watch a subtitled version or the old I did not dub? because I wanted my daughter to watch it. So I all I too yeah. watched the Elle Fanning dub. Oh, I forgot to give movie picker William his his due. I forgot to read why he picked the movie. So I apologize for reversing the order. But let me read what William had to say. He said this beloved uh, Studio Ghibli. I'm saying that right. Right. Studio Ghibli. Yep. Uh, this anime is one of the best is the best time that a uh, a family can have in front of a screen after moving to a new house two young sisters discover and befriend a benevolent forest spirit who guides comforts entertains and inspires them the movie is bouncy and adorable without being saccharine and so wonderfully whimsical it feels as though it was sifted directly from a child's imagination so you guys are on the same page what i liked the philosophy of the bathtub scene. This this philosophy, though, of uh, laugh at what scares you. I can say something positive about, and I think that um, laughing at things that scare that, that scare you provide both courage and enjoyment in your most troublesome times. In other words, it's both a, a cope with and a weapon against. I think in our times, clown world, but characterize whatever threatens you, whatever keeps you up at night, whatever terrifies you. If you can learn to laugh at that, that's great because you minimize that challenge mentally. You make defeating it more realistic and laughing at the terrifying or the disturbing is oftentimes the only way to process it and and really recover. So no matter how tough things do get, you have to strive never to lose your ability to laugh that when you can't laugh anymore, that is true defeat. And so there is wisdom in that scene to me, even though as I'll get to um, or as you already did, I don't even have to revisit the point. The presentation of the bathtub is weird. I'm not going to gloss over that and uh that is the best i can do for scraping at things i like about this movie the way i wrote it in the the review is that's like praising uh or uh, praising this movie is like admiring or praising that scene is like admiring a quarter at the bottom of an outhouse tank sure it has value but uh you're not going to waste your time yeah but you're always talking about how you want to see the world through the eyes of your your child to experience things and so i thought like maybe you could get on board with this uh yeah but it's my job to guide my child to make sense of the world and not have it be an hour and a half of really pointless nonsense that doesn't really lead to anything but it was it was magical (sighs) and whimsical okay but there's no this is my problem there's fundamentally there's no moral dilemma it's not really funny it's not really clever i can tolerate a lot of I can appreciate, not just tolerate, I can appreciate a, a a broad range of genres and I try to. But there's there's just nothing memorable to me in this movie other than that that cat rabbit is very big and fat and has people teeth. But there's no problem. The one problem to solve, hey, our mom's in the hospital, that gets kind of implicitly solved, I guess. Yeah, and she just has a cold. Is that it? Uh, some, and it's like implied that she returns in this closing montage, but it's not really resolved. There's no... There's no moral dilemma as in they took X action and that was morally questionable. Should they have done that? There's no line in the movie that really sticks out to me. There's nothing. There's no clever joke that is memorable. Literally, I just watched this movie the other day and paid attention to the best degree that I possibly could. What do I remember? I remember the weird giant fat cat with people teeth. That's it. It had balls. I did know that, but that was the cat bus. That was so weird. I was watching it. I was like, I had to rewind. I said that cat bus have nuts. (laughs) <laughs> you got to see it through a child's eyes that's what the yeah. nuts are all about. The, the central premise yeah. of the mom in the hospital is is pretty much entirely 
unresolved. And I know that I'm supposed to think, well, but this movie isn't really about mom being in the hospital. It's more about um, children processing that in a weird, in a way that's at one with nature and at one with their imagination. But then why waste all this time with mom in the hospital? Just tell me mom's in the hospital and we're dealing with that. I don't need to see the scenes of her in the hospital and get into these specifics only to have those specifics unresolved. And, and then I don't know, is the story, is the focus of the story, the mom, or is the focus of the story, the giant fat cat rabbit? And they both seem like they do nothing and don't really matter in the end. So they're kind of interchangeable in that way. Really and I've, me out. I've never seen a longer 90 minute movie. You think, man, at least it's short. At least it's merciful in its, in its shortness. It's not, it takes over 30 minutes to get to the Totoro. They're just they're sitting around in this old house doing jack shit. That, look at their imagination. They're discovering a new place. So who cares? That's not a that's not a conflict. There's nothing going on here. It's just kids walking around some broken down old environment. I don't care. Hurry up. Show me the giant obese cat rabbit. And he doesn't even do anything anyway. You know, his best lines, the snoring, uh, the snoring is the best lines from from that the Totoro. So well, <laughs> Uh, the parent moral of the story that I'm, that I'm searching for negligent parenthood is excellent. This, this dad deserves the anguish of recovering his daughter's body from the pond after she's drowned from him, not watching her. She was only four. His lack of supervision is outright hilarious. It's, it's outrageous throughout. He's just sitting at his desk unattentive while this mythical beast sprouts giant sequoias from the yard and catapults his kids sky high. And I know I, I might be, I guess I'm supposed to think, well, no, that's part of the children's shared imagination or a shared dream or something. Okay. Maybe I write that one off. Um, if that's what I'm supposed to think though, he, he loses track of his four-year-old who goes missing for hours and everyone's searching for her. And in the meantime, he's just sitting at the hospital with his wife, totally oblivious and unconcerned about where the kids are. And maybe I'm supposed to think, well, that's a product of the the old times where communication wasn't as easy. They had landline phones and he had been in communication with his children and he went to the hospital with the expectation that they were coming and that didn't really pan out. Okay. But then, then the mom is sitting there and saying, I could have sworn I saw my kids out in the tree out there. Like, yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Isn't it crazy how it's nighttime now? And you both, neither of you know where your kids are. What do you, how, how is this? Both of you are terrible parents. I get that you're in the hospital, but shouldn't somebody call somebody to figure out where your four-year-old is? The the moral of the story is don't pay attention to your kids and rely on stranger vans to drive them home, especially if those are weird cat bus vans. That's how how you provide for your kids. I'm not going to say any more about the Joe and Ashley Biden bath because you've already discussed that. I guess it's supposed to be some cultural thing. Maybe it's unique to Japan and Delaware. According to the Wikipedia plot summary, uh, Sats- in the English dub, it sounds like they're saying Satsuki. Is her name Satsuki? That's how it's spelled. The, yeah. the main daughter, the older daughter. She's supposed to be about 10 years old. All right. Cultural differences. I don't know, man. Dad's bathing with their naked 10-year-old daughters. That's weird. I, I'm. That's weird. I, I, too, think it's weird, but I had some, like, context to think that it wasn't pedophilic because I already knew this about the Japanese. You raise this point. That cat has nuts. I took a photo of it on my TV. That cat has balls. Why does that cat? I was like, huh? Why does that cat ball? A cat bus have balls? What is that about? Well, you're not a weeb. So that's that. I guess this movie, I've already given away my rating. So, you know, but this movie is so bad that I actually sympathize with Susan because I'm defaming her by even associating her face with this garbage. Anime simps can fight me. This movie is crap. 
Get the hell out of here. And may God have mercy on your soul. One wiki enthusiastically submitted. For the love of God, get Deckard back in here. I need to see some Blade Runner. No! Uh, I mean, Blade Runner was clearly a better movie than this. So on that, we can agree. All right, I will agree on that. Let's see how much people hate me. Everyone loves that. Everyone gives it a five. (laughs) The early vote, a third of the people are giving it five. I knew you were going to hate this, yeah. But a quarter of the people are giving it ones. So this does seem sort of polarizing. Okay, I I can see that. Anyway, um, next week is Titanic. So get ready for this. Set aside over three hours for Return to the Titanic. Sweet, I get to see 22-year-old Kate Winslet naked. Uh, yes, draw me like one of your French girls or whatever the line is. I, I did. I saw it in theaters when it came out. I was a, a young man, 10, 10, 11 years old. So, uh, yeah, I, that's probably the last time I saw Titanic was when I was 10 years old in 1997. She was so hot back in the day. Uh, I guess I'll have to refresh my memory. I swear to God, if you come in here next week and you're like, her boobs are weird. <laughs> Yeah, we will get uh, we'll get uh, uh, <laughs> we will get a very detailed nipple analysis. We'll have that drawn up for you. Looks uh, pretty good to me. I'm looking right now. Uh, all right. Well, after that, uh, we do have five Sundays in in April. So that means we have a special occasion. Uh, we thank William for his submissions. And those are those have concluded now. Um, but Blonde gets the fifth Sunday. So when we started the bit two years ago, Blonde nominated all the movies and the audience would vote on them. And then we shifted to audience nominations. Now blonde is back for one week and one week only with four movies. Have you seen all of them or are these movies you want to see? I've seen two. So do you want to disclose which ones you have seen and have not seen? Or should we keep that? Sure. Secret? Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. All right. So well, I can't remember what my list was, but the wild bunch. I have not seen that. Okay. Tokyo story. I have seen it. Walkabout. I've seen it. My dinner with Andre. Oh, I've seen that one too. Okay, so just one you haven't seen. <laughs> There's one I haven't seen. Yet. All right, so you can vote on those. And I'll remind everybody, excuse me, that's one week and one week only. Those nominations disappear the week oh my after. God, is Wildcard winning on my vote? Come <laughs> on, guys. Should, should I show? I didn't want to I didn't want to skew the vote, but I, I guess if we're going to. Oh, that's so do, late. You are getting rejected. Wildcard is at almost a 50% clip in this early vote. If I have to watch fucking Ocean's Eleven, I'm going to lose my mind or whatever. I'm going to fortify the randomization just to make sure it is Ocean's Eleven now. <laughs> no, if you have a particular movie you'd like to see, or if you would just like to spite Blonde and give a, a pick a randomly selected movie instead, you can do that. And by the way, if you want to um, comment how wrong I am about My Neighbor Totoro, head on over to the movie review segment or the movie review column uh, on my website, MattChristensenMedia.com. Anything movie review related is where you do that. So uh, check that out, MattChristensenMedia.com. And I actually, I I buried a little bit of the lead because one quick note before we finish up tonight, uh, that movie right there, My Neighbor Totoro, uh, I started right where I left off. I pissed people off by rating Tremors way too low. Back two years ago, and now I've come full circle to rate Totoro way too low. Um, But in the process, we have some data visualization and analysis to commemorate 100 movie reviews. So this is thanks to some extra work by our friend at the Data Digest YouTube channel. Uh, You can check out his channel through the written review. It is linked there for you. Uh, And and we have some analysis from a friend of the show, Michael Schlecht, as well, who maintains all the data about the movie reviews. 
And this is some special visualization and points of analysis for you. So our, our friend at the Data Digest YouTube channel put together these two graphics that show the audience's top 25 movies uh, and then where Blonde and I landed on each of those as well as the IMDb rating. That's what each of these markers signify. And then the bottom 25 movies according to the audience. And you can check that out in in the uh, the post about this in my uh, movie review column on the website. But some interesting points of analysis that the Data Digest offers for the audience's top 25 movies. Uh, my ratings are almost all higher than yours. But wow, in the bottom 25, the trend is reversed. I'm rating lower than you in the bottom 25. So. Mm. You might interpret that as more that I'm more aligned with the audience, but in some ways I'm not just because like they might be semi high and I'm way high or they might be semi low and I'm way low. So that doesn't mean that you're misaligned. It just means I'm lower to them relatively or in the bottom 25 and higher to them in the, in the top 25, the movies of widest disagreement between me and the audience include Blade Runner tremors. No, the thing, the princess bride and airplane. What'd you give the thing? I think I gave it a three and people really love that movie. Yeah. Uh, same with the princess bride. Uh, it's not tremors. No, apparently not. Uh, all of those movies I scored low. I scored those movies lower than the audience movies of widest disagreement between blonde, uh, blonde and the audience. Can you guess I listed or he listed three? Um, I don't have it pulled up. Okay. Everybody loved die hard. Yep. I, that's that's gotta be one of them. Yep. Um, Geez, uh, there was another one that everybody loved and I hated. Uh, was it The Green Mile? No, but that oh, might be I, close. I, I can't remember. That. Think Dinosaurs. Oh, Jurassic Park. Of course. Yeah. And then uh, a sequel to a big, is it is that a James Cameron movie? Who made it? Um, big, uh, a, a, a famous sequel that you didn't like. That's I don't know. Aliens. Am I wrong? Was that James Cameron or is it not? I forget. Um. Yeah, I think it is. But I loved Alien. Right. I hated Alien. You don't like the sequel, but people generally do. So you rated right. those all lower than the audience. The audi- the audience's bottom 25 movies are universally scored below the IMDb audience rating. So even if IMDb, some IMDb um, reviewers hate these movies, our audience hates them more and sometimes drastically <laughs> so. Specifically Leon the Professional, which we also hated. Uh, because of the pedo thing. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. And in general, universal audience hate has yet to emerge. So even the audience's lowest scoring movies are collectively scored around three wikis, which would be the theoretical average on a one to five scale. The lowest scoring movie of them all. Actually, as much as people hate pedos in, or the one pedo, at least in Leon, they hate the assassination of Jesse James more and they hate Weekend at Bernie's even more than that. <laughs> I didn't hate the assassination of Jesse James. You gave I didn't it a, hate Weekend at Bernie's. You gave it a one. Did I? Is that the one with Brad Pitt? Yeah. I did hate that. Movie. Yeah. I was thinking of the one with Clint Eastwood. No, that was Josie Wales. And we both loved Josie that. Wales. I Josie, love Wales Josie Wales is actually Wales, the yeah. number one movie for the audience. Oh, yeah. I love we, that movie. We both gave it five. So everyone loved that movie. OK. Oh, yeah. That one had Casey Affleck in it. Yeah, yeah. I hated that. Yeah. All right. So in addi- real quick, in addition to the graphics from the Data Digest, a friend of the show, Michael Schlecht, who manages the stats page that that organizes all the movie review data. He just offered some aggregated uh, data for our consideration of note. If you look at this, the difference between your average score and my average score has tightened significantly this year at the hundred movie mark. My average score is 0.03 wikis higher than yours. Yours is 
3.35 minus 3.38. I hate Um, a little bit harder than you do. Barely. In the earlier days, I was, uh, I think I was maybe a half wiki higher than you on average. Mm. The audience tends to score about a half wiki higher than us at 3.8. My distribution is the broadest of the group. I gave so far in the first hundred or rather 99 because these exclude Totoro. I gave 18 five wikis and eight one wikis. You gave 13 five wikis and 10 one wikis. I think that's reflective of my personality. Yeah. You tend to stick to the three or four wiki range more consistently, though, not as much as the audience. The audience has given 58, roughly four wiki ratings out of 100. That's obviously a strong uh, majority of the ratings and is almost exactly aligned with IMDb. So it is once you aggregate information, it is funny how the the collective rating of IMDb tends to to be about where even our audience lands once you group everybody together. So once again, thank you to the Data Digest and to Michael Schlecht for their continued assistance in the uh, analysis uh, of the movie reviews. Uh, again, you can check out the Data Digest YouTube channel by checking out my uh, my write-up on the data uh, uh, visualiza- visualization and breakdown uh, of the movie reviews over on the website. That's MattChristensenMedia.com where you find everything else movie and show related as well. Okay, a little bit, uh, went a little bit long there, but uh, I think the the data is interesting, an interesting way to round out the hundred, and that's a hundred damn movie reviews, all right? If I Can you believe it? I know Matt's a lot seen a hundred movies. I know a lot of you hate me for the opinions expressed over the last- Hey, but he's doing it. He's doing it. It's it's hard to watch a movie sometimes, especially a movie you're not into. Yeah, and so. they're, they're, um, I've enjoyed doing it, and I feel more culturally competent because of it, so don't get me wrong that I'm- Oh man, I'm complaining about all this labor. No, this has been a lot of fun. And one of the things I appreciate and a reason why I appreciate people's participation in this is in an audience that, that for the most part agrees on all matters, political or news generally with, you know, we have our areas of disagreement, but the movies are the one area where there's like five and one disagreement. And that's, and and it's not as, well, I don't know. I I was going to say it's not as emotionally involved, but actually it is people, (laughs) people are, I think in many ways, more emotionally connected to their favorite movies than their preferred politics. So it has been fun to um, exchange thoughts with members of the yeah. audience about this. And and uh, I've enjoyed it. And it's provided not only good content for the website and the show, but it's provided an uh, not just an opportunity, but a requirement that I sit down with my my family each week and have some quality family time. So it's valuable for that reason, too. Anyway, that's it. Uh, time for uh, time to catch up with chat. Sure. All right. We've got a Maybe few over sense. on Rumble. Let me grab these real quick. Uh, JD1492, uh, you're definitely right, Blonde. Um, help no one, save no one. Would hate to see you as a headline in Daily Mail. Well, Blonde's, Blonde's destiny is Daily Mail headline. Yeah, really. I, I do think. still feel so guilty about that, that like every once in a while I get in my head and I cry about it and stuff. And You've then I- cried for the OD'd hobo? I was so upset about it one time that I called like Seattle police department to see if they had any record of the event and to like, see what happened to the guy. And stuff. You actually, I don't want to hear any more of these. Oh, lies. I was, yeah. Yeah. I was really upset. It's, and, it's and somebody's they, life. And they know? said, it's, we, we have 10 of those a day. We don't know which one you're talking about. They were like, that, that surely was not even reported to the police. My God. They don't even bother at this point. Mm, no, I guess there's, but not necessarily a crime involved. Would police be involved if it's just emergency only? Cribbles yeah. says JJ Pearson's uh, transition from earnest college student to Al Sharpton protege 
reminds me of the 1993 movie CB4. If, um, if, JJ's downward spiral continues. We might get a performance of sweat from my balls. I don't know that <laughs> reference, but yeah, did you see that clip this week? The, the, the Tennessee Afro guy, someone got his, a clip of him when he was running for some college political office in 2016. And he's clean cut, very respectful. Hi, my name is Justin Pearson and I'm here to make sure that all perspectives are welcome on campus. That includes the college Republicans and the college Democrats. Oh, look at that. And I would yeah. appreciate your vote on whatever day. <laughs> He sounds like he's, uh, you know, an NPR voice. And, and <laughs> look at how the uh, the times have changed. You, have you seen that that viral video of that um, black newscaster where he's like talking all white and then a bug flies into his mouth and he go, he gets super ghetto? No, but I'll have to send it to you later. He's like, and a bug flies in his mouth. He's like, God fucking damn it. All these motherfucking bugs. So it's the opposite of that. There was kind of a similar effect with that uh, that Montana reporter who went viral a couple of years ago where he was reporting in Yellowstone and a bison got too close to him. And all of a sudden he became, <laughs> oh, hell no. <laughs> no, no. Yes. Yeah, it, it was a great moment. Was, he moved on. He's not even here anymore because he's actually on the local station that I watch more most frequently. He was and now he's not there anymore. <laughs> oh. It's a great time. Uh, JD1492 also says, if you want to get your story out there, Brandy... Uh, Zadrozny is one of the least credible reporters to give an interview to Lowell per revolver. Now I don't know anything about her prior work. I know that she's into online extremism. Who? This is the reporter in the Tiffany Dover case. And when I listened to her podcast, she said, I deal in the worst parts of the internet. Well, that tells me Wait, the chick that looks like Joni Joni Mitchell's ghost, the blonde chick with the glasses. Yeah. 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 So I I'm entering this story with a fresh perspective on her work. I don't know the history. Could I believe based on some contextual clues that were implied, at least in the podcast, that she has maybe some predispositions with which I would disagree? Yeah, uh, I got that impression. But Well, her glasses told me that. <laughs> but I'm I'm trying to be fair in not assuming malice right away, but maybe that is a mistake. Maybe I should have assumed malice uh, the second I the second I saw the glasses. Yeah. Hunky Buck says, why do black women need sperm banks? There are plenty of options for a black woman to become a single mother. Credit to Pod Monkey CWC for the joke. Uh, yeah, exactly. The uh, the jokes were all there on the table and they were not uh, they were not taken in the reporting. I know. Ad- Addicted to Drum says, thanks. Thank you for supporting the show. All right, let's catch Isn't up on the you. average black woman's vagina a sperm bank anyway. <laughs> they just keep rolling. All right. <laughs> It's so easy. Right. Like these black chips. Okay. Um, injured guardian. Did I already read that? Uh, I think. No, that's where we no. left off. Yeah. That's the next one. Any official who believes that an island can capsize should be immediately fired. No one who is that aggressively stupid should be in charge of anything. Wasn't that a congressman who said that? I forget. I, I the the oh, reference yeah. I recall, but who said it? Uh, I thought it was a member of Congress. Congressman island capsize. Uh, Representative worries Guam will capsize. This was Hank Johnson. Yeah. So this was uh, 2017, about uh, six years ago. That's retarded. Yeah. He he said it. <clears throat> Injured guardian. P.S. Ask is not a noun. Wife is not a verb. And Ron Perlman is just the poor man's powers booth. That was, um, oh, he was in, um, what is that, that uh, cowboy show that I was just watching, that old West show? What are you talking the about? The HBO show. You love it. Deadwood. 
Oh yeah. Have you finished he, it yet? I, well, I finished it. It kind of falls apart at the end, but yeah. um, it ended the, abruptly. The yeah. older guy with the whorehouse, but not Swearingen. Al. Al Swearingen. No, not Al. The other you, guy. What do you mean the other guy? Oh, the, his rival. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember his name, but I can see his face. Yeah. That's Powers Booth. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, PPS, Matt, should I use certain header and or subject when emailing you the sounders? Yeah, just the N word. Right. That that will catch my attention. No, as long as it's a description of like, hey, uh, potential sounders for the show. I'll check it out. I will keep an eye out. And thank you for that. Jonathan Prezios, we have two trials going on now where mothers killed their kids and both are pleading temporary insanity. Let's go Women's Month. Um, the Letica Stewart case is absolutely sane, but I dealt with just like her. There is one that's that was legitimately temporary insanity. It was this woman that recently killed her three kids. Um, she had postpartum psychosis and hallucinations. She was seeking treatment and her husband wasn't leaving her alone. And then he decided just to leave her alone. And then she killed three of her kids and tried to kill herself and she couldn't do it. Postpartum Shut psychosis up. is no joke. Silly woman. Should have tried the backhand. I don't know. I mean, sometimes childbirth just makes women insane. Phil, is there anything more cathartic than seeing a virtue signaling progressive dirt napped by a <laughs> diversity hire? <laughs> I would posit there dirt is not press. All right. I, it was too late by the yeah. time it came out of my mouth. Um, I would posit there is not press S to spit on Bob Lee's grave. He got the end he deserved for betraying his own people. <laughs> oh my God. Jeez. <laughs> that was I don't know. that was harsh even for Phil. All right. That's the Phil pill, laughing at people that get murdered. That's, Phil pill. That's, the Phil yeah. pill is an advanced clown pill. It is an advanced. It's a clown, clown pill with yeah. extra. It's got it's got spikes poking out of it. Is yeah. laughing at somebody though uh, for your own racism, uh, laughing at their murder? Is that any worse than me being super interested in gruesome murders for entertainment value? I think it's not. Well, uh, I if I tried to change Phil, he wouldn't be Phil. I'm just going to, I'm going to let Phil do Phil. And I'm going to say, thank you for supporting the show. Amish extremists. I would like to congratulate the Depew, New York police department for making history for the first time in their history. They had an all woman patrol for three whole hours. History was truly made. Is that true? true. Did they have to make any arrests and how did those go? I hope not. Bill is prediction. Russia, Russia gradually defeats Ukraine and Zelensky flees to Israel with zillions. Yeah, that's going to happen. How long will it take to collect the zillions? Are we, I don't know. Are we almost there at this point? I don't know. Um, Boogeyman917 says, I doubt it. Thank you for that. Porcupine, have faith, friends. We will get through this. Hope is the greatest virtue. See Corinthians 12 10. Thank you, sir. Well, thank you for the encouragement. Always appreciate the white pills. AP sent a few. I managed to pick up a Springfield Hellcat OSP for $430. And SCCYCPX2 with red dot for $150. Both brand new, crazy good deals and excited for the Springfield. Um, he also said, I got them from Key in New Lenox, Illinois. Google them to see the political malice that happened. Owner ran for that district, lost, got raided shortly after. Clearly political might be good cover. Lame, hmm. but I'm glad you got a good deal. That's uh, I don't know the story, <clears throat> so I'll have to look that up. I see if I Google, I see key firearms and training, so I assume it must be that place. But I don't know the news story of what exactly happened. I, here we go. Feds raid Manhattan, home of New Lenox gun shop. So they got there was some kind of Fed raid, but I, I don't know what happened. I'm glad to hear that you found something that works for you. I've never handled the Hellcat, but I know it's, <clears throat> it's very similar to the P365, and I'm a big fan of that gun. So 
I'm sure you got uh, a quality piece and enjoy it. Phil, all right, Walmart's and other stores closing because joggers have reverted to type. It would be funny. What is this? What is this? Black people are chicken washers thing. Have you heard that? <laughs> I don't know. the The latest bit just dropped, and I'm oblivious to it. I've heard that they wash chicken with soap. You're talking like chicken to cook? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I guess it's it's not wash with soap. You mean like put the dawn on the chicken? Yeah, I've never heard of that, and I've never done that. I hope I live long enough to see the white guilt run out. Thank you, Phil. Oh, I forgot to tell you, I got to be out by eight thirty tonight. So I'm ah, okay. Well, let's let's keep it moving, and I will finish up any super chat if we have uh, if we need some more time. Thank you, Phil. Jonathan Prezios, the way this mark this marking works is that they get everyone angry, but Soros will. Did you mean marketing? Front the cash for buying the dip, and you will see article the big boycott barely do anything this get us to not fight back am i illiterate yeah maybe maybe that's the thing i think what he's saying is you buy that the bud light dip was an intentional design and actually makes people who bought the bud light dip very wealthy so jokes on you if i'm understanding this correctly oh interesting and maybe maybe that is wise investment advice which i would never offer for for legal reasons but i guess buy the right wing outrage dip is how you get rich in this country Jonathan Prezios normies have made it, uh, have had it though. Am, am I retarded? Okay. You're still, you're reading this through a child's eyes. They're left. They're left in their child mode default from Totoro. This is, no, this is, this is not on me. Right. Okay. You read this one. You do <laughs> Normie, it. Okay. I, I make fun and then I'll probably struggle. Normies have had it though, which made the boycott bigger than expected. My boss actually told me to get rid of everything owned by bud. I did with pleasure and a smile on my face. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, mm. okay, that was fine. A, a comma is very essential. It's all he your fault, said, Jonathan. Thank when you. you're forcing everyone to stock your beer, it's much easier to boycott when business just stops taking deliveries, which get people to join the boycott. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll have to see the earnings <clears throat> report. The next one that comes out. The stock price is not necessarily indicative of earnings. It's sort of a, a it's a proxy for it's an expectation of earnings or a reaction. Uh, you know, based on what the what the future prospects might be. But until we see what sort of earnings chunk this actually th- that damage that this actually did, it's it's tough to say how real it is or not. Yeah. Yep. Um, Grit City Kitty. When I was a kid, licking someone in a fight was a common expression. Yeah, I've heard that before, but the way he phrased it, that didn't even ring as a familiar term. Let, let's get licked. Is that what he said? He said, let's lick the world. Oh. As in, would you say let's lick that guy as in kick his ass or something? That's way less bad than saying let's get licked. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. Is it? I don't know. Hey, let's go lick that guy. That, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. That better. didn't even occur to me. Okay. Um, injured Guardian. People didn't know about the UK Special Forces in Ukraine that were mentioned in a Lindy Beige video several weeks ago. Yeah, there were a few articles about it. Um, Robin D. Banks. Did we get uh, Tortuga? I want to get him because I know he he sends oh, did in, I miss in Japanese currency and so we sometimes miss it. But sorry, Tortuga. he said, haven't gotten haven't... to watch the show live in a few weeks. I'm 44 and officially one of the olds. I got my first set of dentures after jaw surgery. Does that make me Senate adjacent? Well, you're certainly in line to replace Diane Feinstein, assuming you are a woman of color, though. You need to be you need to have dentures. You need to be old. You need to be a woman of color. If you fill all of those criteria then you're it. Huh. Uh, 
No, I hope I hope you're doing well, man. I, I, all the best. All the best in your advanced years. And thanks for supporting the show. Huh, they do wash the chicken. News to me. With soap. Why? Also news to me. You want me to? Sorry, uh, somebody just got me on Twitter. Okay. Sorry. All right. sorry. Robin uh, is up next. Um, be conspiracy theorists. Be right about everything during the pandemic. Be mainstream media. Pull out machete and compass. Scour the forest for Mrs. Dover. See, you're wrong about this one tiny detail. Uh, I know they always do this. Uh, yeah. Well, th- this this reporter was very interesting because on the one hand, it does seem like she put in a very high level of effort to get Tiffany Dover. On the other, she seems strangely not curious about particular details that are clearly in conflict. So you be the judge. Draw your own can't, conclusions. Can't get over this. Why would they do this? Or the chicken washing? I don't, I don't, you're not going to get an answer from me on that. Inter- but do they think it's dirty? This guy is, is pouring isopropyl alcohol on it. Five seconds ago, I heard... Yo, I'm I'm on a I'm on time crunch. We got to hustle up here, and now it's. I'm sorry, like this is this is inexplicable. <laughs> Injured Guardian says people didn't know that the UK there were uh, about the. No, UK I read special. that one. I read oh, that sorry. One. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I suppose confirmation of previous suspicions or even previously known things is a better way to characterize it. A chimp in a bow tie. Biden also pushed aside our diminutive packy PM. <laughs> oh, this is the this is the uh, British guy. Yeah. Whom he'd called Rashid Sanuk or Sanuk in order to salute a uniform general when he landed. I, I think my respect for Biden went up yeah. temporarily after that. Well, that's a fair interpretation. <clears throat> Grit City Kitty. When I was kid, the 70. Oh, we said this one, right? How did I get so? Or maybe this was a. this is the same concept. Different chat. He says, when I was a kid in the 70s, licking someone in a fight. No, was no, a, I read that one. OK, so OK, then I'm just Mine are in a different order than yours. Yeah, maybe we're just dealing with that. Uh, chimp in a bow tie. There are millions of people literally with top secret security clearance. And it's also a symptom of overclassifying everything. When everything you touch is top secret, it starts to lose its meaning. Yeah, maybe totally it's true. maybe that's exactly the explanation. My obviously I don't have a top secret security clearance. You'll be shocked to know. So. All right, Robin D. Banks, I'm yeah. just going to read through yours. OK, here's a story that'll wagger your balls. Bellingcat, um, a known MI6 cutout, was the first to detect the leaks. When, then gave it to WAPO New York Times, who did the FBI's job for them. Is the press part of the government? Yeah, there you, you, go. you Totally. U.S. Intel didn't miss the leak. They aren't allowed to spy domestically, which is probably why Bellingcat caught it first. As I said, they're an MI6 cutout. This has been known for years. If you were CIA and you wanted to ask more power to spy domestically, ask for more money for the war in Ukraine and get rid of Biden because of myriad uh, foreign policy failures, how would you do it? That's one way. Also said... This week's film review prediction, Blonde, five stars, time a classic, even though creators are not white. Matt, let me tell you why this movie sucked. Blonde, soul <laughs> leaves body, me laugh maniacally. Pretty and close. It's pretty close, yeah. yeah. Weekly reminder, containment breachers need you. Join us. We're fun, not fed boys. Hmm. For now. I'll know when I see you, especially you, John, keep out. And no, we don't talk about Rebecca's hair either. Sorry. That's By the way, okay. if you're interested in breaking containment, which is posting uh, truths throughout the real world is their general project. I have linked their not fed discord server on the community page of the website. Matt Christensen can't even say my own name. It's that time at night. Matt Christensen media.com slash community <clears throat> to find the breaking containment server. Not at all flooded with feds. <laughs> MCAV. Um, I'm Canadian. Longtime viewer trying to build a company that will allow me to get out of the city. Started a GFM Fish shacks flights. What is that? 
Need help getting north? Maybe you can help. Thank you. Started a GFM. I don't know. I, I don't know either. I have no idea what that is. Shoot us an email. Yeah. I, I don't know what you mean. I'm sorry. So I, um, I, yeah, I have to punt on that one because I don't know. But I appreciate I appreciate support for the show. Thank you for that. And let me know if I can assist in any way. Chubby stubby. That nurse took the poke and then she tiffed over. Thank you. <laughs> I'll be here all week. That was pretty good. Dover seems like it has a lot of comedic possibilities, so but many. beyond Ben, it's kind of tough. Ben is the yeah. obvious one and it drops off from there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Max, Nima Momeni, Banana Fana Fofeni, Me, My Momeni. <laughs> I killed Bob Lee. That's how that ends. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's how back. he got murdered. Maybe he sang that song. And that was yeah, it. really. Conspiracy theories made her an anti-vax icon. No video made her that. Yeah. It doesn't take conspiracy theories to see a woman say, I'm dizzy and keel over. It just takes eyes and ears. Uh, yeah, fair yeah. point. But again, watching something happen on video is uh, how conspiracy theories are born, apparently. And the, yep. Anyway, we're past uh, the bottom of the hour. Did you need to sign off? Or are you good? I do. Thank All you right. so much for joining me, you guys. And uh, I will see you on Wednesday. All right. I will see you then. And uh, don't worry, guys. I will finish with your super chat here uh, and we'll be we'll be finished up shortly. So uh, thanks. Bye, Bob. I'll see you uh, Wednesday. OK. Uh, Christopher Waltz says uh, middle school janitor here. I've had to clean this stuff off the walls of the boys bathroom twice this year. One time they signed a kid's name. Also, way more was used at my school than in this story. I assume you mean the particular uh, choice of writing material or metaphorical ink that Mr. Muhammad chose in New Jersey. Yeah, man, uh, there I would do a lot to provide for my family. And I would like to think that I, I, I there aren't jobs that are too tough for me to do that. But man, cleaning up other people's excrement. <laughs> that, that, that's going to give me some pause. So if, if you're able to do that, man, uh, more power to you. You are a you're a tougher man than I am because I I couldn't do it. Uh, but th- thank you for uh, your support for the show and, and thank you for the story. I hope there are no more excrement messages for the rest of your days. Injured Guardian says, uh, respectfully, I have a point of order or distinction. It is, it is indefensible to pine for a deceased ex, regardless of the details of one's current relationship. I speak from experience. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure I follow entirely. Or maybe there's a joke here that I'm kind of missing. But yeah, the premise before was that he was proposing to a woman for whom he was pro- proposing to a woman knowing he feels love for another one and having a moral dilemma about that. And in this case, you can't pine for a deceased. Uh, oh, it is defensible. I thought you said indefensible. So if you have, let's say you you are, you lose your wife or you lose your girlfriend, you move on and you're ready to propose to somebody else, but that love that you had for the woman who died remains. Yeah, I, I could see that being distinct from loving someone who's still alive. And and it's it's probably a different form of love, to be honest. Obviously, that's not a love that you're going to actively pursue in the same way. It's just that was a love that was taken from you uh, by the circumstances of a death. And and I wouldn't I, I would agree that I wouldn't call that exactly the same thing. So thank you for that point of clarification and my condolences to the extent that you say you speak from experience. I'm sorry to hear that. Greg Olson says, I think that surrogacy, like what Dave Rubin did, is wrong. They deliberately took away the right of that child to be with its mother. What about the child's point of view? And that, yeah, that's really the point that I'm that I'm getting at. And maybe I should make a distinction between, um, I suppose, all forms of of 
IVF and you don't necessarily have to remove the mother from the equation to, to have a pregnancy through methods like that. What does bother me about that is that is creating a life with the intent of removing it from its mother, or in this case, creating a life with the intent of removing it from its father. And I understand that sometimes circumstances prevent a child from having that child's mom and dad present. Dad dies, mom dies, whatever. The moral problem with this arrangement is deliberately designing the scenario to remove one or more parents from it. And so that that's the same that's the same problem I have with the arrangement. So uh, thank you for support for the show, Greg. Ibot PN says, just for the record, I didn't read your review, Matt, but through the years, I feel like I've got a handle on what you like. Blonde, you're uh, you've reinforced my appreciation for your superior taste in movies. Long live Blade Runner. Well, I will forward that message to her. And I guess you just know me so well. So I don't mean to accuse you. I hope I didn't come off as accusing you of spoiling, because frankly, I did a great job of that myself with pressing the wrong button and giving it away anyway. But you know me too well, I bought. Uh, thank you for your support for the show. And uh, thanks for your willingness to allow me to disagree with your movie taste. Um, let's see. Bill says on the movie, Matt is based and Rebecca is being a total girl. <laughs> uh, based AF, actually. Oh, thank you. Uh, Bill says these Japs. Uh, that's a slur you can't say. The Japanese people see film differently and are cool with a waste. Also that bomb in world war two really messed up their culture psyche. Love you guys. Well, thank you, Bill. I appreciate it very much. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I, I understand that this is supposed to take place right after the war too. It's supposed to take place in like 1950s Japan. The movie was made in the late eighties. It's like, so I know that people might remember the post-war psyche, but the post-war psyche was something of a, of a bygone era by that time too. They're trying to recall what it was like rather than living it directly at that point. Uh, thank you, Bill. Logan Orr says, in your opinion, what's the worst? <laughs> Come on, Logan. Uh, what's the worst thing that the particular demographic that he doesn't like has done? To me, it's the fact that they haven't. <laughs> Come on. He's <laughs> okay. He's he made he made a shower joke and I have to leave it at that. That's, that's Logan. Come on. <laughs> you're really you're really you know, if I say any more, you know, who's going to get me? It's uh, Raja Mohan himself. So I can't. Injured Guardian says blonde. I didn't know that your husband served. Y'all must visit and re uh, and reinforce me against the all of the dependas uh, at my store. Three in particularly or in particular claim weekly to all be widows of one guy help. There probably is a lot of that in sort of uh, like military based communities. I, I bet I bet you're right. And um, yeah, I I, uh, I shouldn't say anything more about Blonde's family without her here to describe it in ways and details that she's comfortable with. But I she is public about him being uh, a military service member. So you're correct in that premise. Uh, thank you, injured guardian. And if you would like to forward those thoughts to her, you can um, of course contact her through the contact page of the website as well. Knuckle hunky buck says, Matt, the movie review was terrible. Have some leaked documents attached. There's some files here. Clint. Oh, Clinton body XLS. That's, that's a handy one. Epstein's uh, Epstein video dot AVI. I'll be checking that one out or maybe not. Maybe I don't want to see that one. I'll be careful actually opening that one. Uh, potatoes or potus g sniff i'll be careful with that video too and pent f plan is that pentagon 
I, I don't know. I appreciate the premise here, though. Those are great files, and I can't wait to check them out. Jonathan Prezio says, wow, this movie must have been written by... What is Letitia Staunch? Uh, Well, anyway, if you haven't seen the trial, just watch the husband arguing with her going through her lies. Oh, is this one of those like wife uh, or, you know, uh, female murderers that we've been talking about? Maybe it's that because I I don't know the reference. So I apologize for that. Knuckle Hunky Box says, lol, that's Matt's idea of a ceremonial acknowledgement of the hundred movie landmark statistics. Yes. Don't you know me? Well, I love the I love the numbers. I love the data trends. Sorry. If I, if it was not, (laughs) if it was not up to your expectations, but it's very me. Right. And that's all that matters. Uh, it's, it's, I'm being true to myself, knuckle hunky buck. And that's all I can do. Esoterica unbound says I laughed when I heard which movie would be reviewed this week. Studio Ghibli is certainly an acquired taste. And I figured it would drive Matt into a rant. So does the Incredibles look like a five now bucko? Well, listen, I know that you were one of the people that thought I, I was drastically under in my four wiki selection. And especially, I think it was Jonathan Prezios who informed me about this, this concept of timelessness and that the era of the movie was kind of ambiguous. As a rule, I do not go back and amend my reviews. But if there was one that I would bump, The Incredibles is probably right there. So, uh, and if it's a, if I have to justify my hatred of this movie with an acknowledgement that The Incredibles is far, far, far superior, point granted, done and done. Thank you for supporting the show. Joe... Don't be HMO blonde. Well, what does that mean? Is that a health maintenance organization or is that a joke about uh, homosexuality? I can't tell. Or something else. Anyway, quick refresh. Uh, we will... Uh, actually, I think we're set. Let me make sure that that's good and that'll uh, finish up the show tonight. We're good over on Rumble. We're good over on DLive. And we're good on YouTube and Tippy Stream. So... Uh, with that, thank you once again for tuning in this evening, guys. Appreciate your super chats, of course. Appreciate all your chats. Appreciate your jokes and connecting us with the facts that we may have missed throughout our discussion tonight. Thanks so much for your live participation. If you're listening later on demand, thank you kindly for listening and for supporting the show as well. And if you can't get enough uh, to listen to, if you're looking for more, reminder that there is more material on the audio platforms of the show. You can find those linked on the podcast page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash podcast. We have the week, uh, the uh, Wednesday call-in show on replay. We have some of Blonde's interviews, some other material you might not find on YouTube. Speaking of, if there's anything else show-related you'd like to find, as in where to go to tell me how wrong I am about anime, mattchristensenmedia.com is where you do it. We'll be back on, uh, well, next Sunday, because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd. It's not me, the press. It is the Matt and Blonde Show. Have a great night.